Sorry, I was looking at thing on Instagram and the guy looks like a human by his teeth. That was really cool. Okay. Look at that. He's lifting up by his teeth. Oh, Stop. Jesus Christ. All right, so we're going to... I guess it's cheaper than going to the dentist. <laughs> All right, so well, the only phone that will be on for this one will be the, the, the clock thing. So, And also I'll ask some questions that the fans ask. Uh, so. Hi, fans. And then Andrea's going to get... Hi, fans. Hi, fans. She's going to get cuddly with you. Stop it. Stop it, Jackie. Oh, 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 Alright. <laughs> you guys yeah. really went all the way on David Pumpkin. Alright, here we go. Uh, we're rolling and three. <laughs> it's been recording this whole time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was not weed that she lit up. That was something else. No. It was definitely. It was Schmied. It was, yeah. Schmied. It was, yeah. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, we are. Us. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Welcome to uh, Wrestling with Fetish. Uh, we're gonna, I'm probably gonna let this just fucking play. So um, we have a, a room full of amazing characters today. We have uh, on my left, my beautiful ass, uh, Jacqueline Velvets. What's up, guys? And then um, next to her is Kayla Leo, aka Lydia. Vengeance. I thought you said like beautiful ass. Is that beautiful lass? And I'm like, that those both apply. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is my maiden name. <laughs> it's a beautiful. The L is silent. <laughs> <laughs> the L is silent. And sitting in for a little bit is Andrea Rosu, who uh, actually, Andrea Yay. holds the uh, position of, uh, I think your podcast is the, the most played so far. She has like, hey. I think almost like 100,000 plays on her podcast. Yeah. 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 So we've just uh, been shooting for the last 48 hours or so with Andrea sure. and also with Kayla. Do you want me to refer to you as Kayla or Lydia? Um, so you go by both are fine. Like I, like, I know you. We're Kayla. gonna talk about everything here, so you can cut, talk, call me Kayla. Cause I'm talking here in literally Hello Kitty pajamas and a flannel and mm-hmm. a, a very satanic shirt that isn't yes. even mine. So yeah, you can call me by all four of my names here. We'll go through all of them and why they are important. <laughs> well, we just did a, a bunch of shoots today. You worked with Sumiko um, and yes. uh, also with Saya and uh, Andrea. You worked, I believe, with uh, is it Austin, uh, mm-hmm. a pro wrestler, and then after that, who do we work with after that? That was. It's uh, Eden. Eden, yes. It was fucking awesome. And then Jacqueline is shooting you guys tomorrow, and she shot you guys, I think, Saturday. But mm-hmm. it was a huge fucking blast. Like, um, I was telling Jacqueline, like, yeah, nailed it. And there was so many, mm-hmm. like, we, we have so many days of shoots, and you, if you're working with somebody who's okay, you're like, oh, it's going to be fun. But you kind of dread some of it because you're like, I have to really work on directing this or that. But you guys are so easy to work with yeah. that we were like, kind of just like, this is going to be like shooting, but not really. It's going to be like, no, not really working. It's going to be just like making stuff happen and filming it and having fun with it. So thank you for no, that. I, yeah, I, we are in the midst of a five-day shooting spree. And there's no way that I would have agreed to such terms <laughs> if it wasn't for working with people such as yourselves. Because you, oh, guys, you guys are just so Dang. easy to work with and just fun to work with. And it's great to collaborate with people like you who have very strong personalities and mm-hmm. ideas and just like make everything just so creative and fun. And so... 
So like an, an army of A types, pretty much, just like <laughs> running in there. That's a good point. Insane, insane ideas. Line of battle. And who get along? I fucking love my like A type. Yeah. Women especially and boss bitch squad, yeah. boss bitch squad. Well, one of the things you said, what Andrea said, um, was in terms of like the, the girls that we have here locally, and you said it too at one point. You're like, I always love the girls that I work with when I come to Atlanta, and uh, and we're very proud of that because we're always like, yeah, we like it when girls come down here. Like, I've never worked with any of these four girls, but they've all mm-hmm. been a delight mm-hmm. to work with. No divas, no bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know? They're like real women too, but they're also professionals. It's 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 like right down the middle. You don't have that like pro attitude you get sometimes. You have these girls that are full time and running around and like, ah, well, I'm just doing this all day, blah blah blah. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. I don't care. No <laughs> one cares. Even one trick pony that have like the look and that's yeah, like, all and it's able like they don't give. know yet that no one cares. But soon <laughs> they're gonna figure out that no one cares. It's gonna really suck when they figure out that no one cares. That's <laughs> why so I love. Some of them never like, figure it out. Yeah, and it's much better just be like you know a fucking human, but still do your job. And yeah. sometimes you you have that thing where you have girls that are local that do stuff part time and they're not professionals that are not experienced and as the pro coming in you're like oh I gotta leave this because they're a part timer but right. hey they're really nice mm-hmm. and that's better than someone who's a diva but still it's frustrating but these girls in Atlanta what they have is that perfect balance of professional attitude skill and like real human like personality so you can talk to them like a real human you can be real human and the camera goes on and they're perfectly in character they know the moves they're safe about it they're strong they're confident mm-hmm. I'm like What's in the water here? <laughs> I gotta drink it. Uh, whatever it's, it is, it got me to move away from New York. So. It's definitely not what's in the air. It's making my sinuses go fucking crazy. Oh, no. It's definitely not that. I think it's why. The air is a test. The water, like, yeah, exactly. It's a balance. Atlanta. The water is like, is heaven, and then it's fucking hell in the air. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Um, yeah, I have it too. The fucking allergies are shit. So my nose bad. is just like, I don't want to talk about it right now. I think we just had yeah, we just had sushi and you couldn't you could barely taste it. It was blowing my nose. I was like shoving wasabi in my mouth, trying to like clear it up for each bite. Just shove it up your nose. So I was like (laughs) taking a bite of ginger, blowing my nose. I'm like, oh, it's clear. Shovel, 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 shovel. And I'm like, oh, the delicious flavor. Oh, fuck, it's clogged again. Right, blows nose like. And then we're watching clips, and they're like, okay, get the fuck out. We're closed. And I'm like, I I think they got mad at me for playing a lady beard clip, which is like. Probably just absolute blasphemy to people who are actually from Japan and yeah, America. Right? We're like, oh my god, a dude in a dress and he's so kawaii. And they're like, oh my god, kill Get everyone. Out of here. And I'm playing it at the fucking table when they're walking by. They're like, um, I've never been to a restaurant where they're like, it's 1030, you, you have to go. go. You gotta go. Yeah. Like, we're closing. Usually, like, you're, they don't serve any Thanks, more food. Thanks, Lady Beard. And, like, it's, Thanks. It's, 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 a, it's a dick move to stay much later, but like, if you're like five, ten minutes past, it's not the end of the world if you like had a good, fulfilling meal and you're only there for maybe a half an hour tops. Like, they're getting paid still. Like, it's a good business. You want the money, but it's so funny. I'm like, I literally think they're mad at us for playing like mm-hmm. literally the hard gay clips from like this old wrestling <laughs> shit, which is like so cheesy. And then mm-hmm. Lady Beard. Like I, I love that that's our typical like dinner standard. It's oh. like let's let's watch. Who doesn't watch Lady Beard while eating sushi? <laughs> is, it, is this so wrong? It's like walking it, to a it, Russian. He's so de- um, he's so delightful. Really I know it's really blasphemous <laughs> culture, and I don't want to support that. I just I just think. It's a delightful character, and I like characters. It's like um, it's like walking into a Russian restaurant. And you're watching like Rocky Four. You know, it's just like right? the main bad guy, like the I must break you guy. It's it's like a very it's got to be insulting to some people who are from the country. But then again, it's it's it was filmed in Japan. Yeah. It's a Japanese game show, so it's part of their culture. I love Japanese game shows. They're I do too. Ridiculous. Japanese wrestling, Japanese game shows are. It's like solve this puzzle while this girl jacks you off. Okay. <laughs> and we're all gonna laugh about it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, they always have like six people on camera yeah. laughing at it. Yeah, and they're no, they're not on camera. They're in little bubbles at the yeah. side of the screen, just <laughs> their face, making commentary, and they're being filmed in different places. But their bubbles are up there, like little cartoons. And there's some little animated character in the lower left-hand corner, like a little animated duck and a fucking elephant, like reacting and making faces while the main thing is watching, and they're throwing like confetti across the fucking thing. And the dude who's like actually being on it, and then the fucking trap door opens up, and you go down a fucking slide, mm-hmm. and, and like, like now, <laughs> yeah, it's, like now you're upside down. You gotta sing karaoke. My favorite one is actually this one where you have to sing karaoke as they dunk you into a dunk tank and this one girl I swear to god it was the most beautiful thing so she's like she's sitting on the swing and she's singing and she's la 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 and they're starting to lower it and it's just a tank of water and you think okay you gotta like deal with the cold water they start bringing out frogs no. and snakes no. and all these different reptiles and <laughs> as her feet are dipping in and she's singing and she's and you see her face start to fucking freak out and because I, I don't know what the deals of the show are but I'm assuming there's a lot of money on the line did they do that in America like American version of that they show? might but this is a Japanese one this is, I, think, this, I think this is Thailand actually I want to say this is Thai I mean um, but sure. I don't think it's actually with Japanese but no, it was literally just, just them being lowered. But so she's literally hanging. It got to the point where they, they're throwing in giant snakes. They have a small <laughs> alligator in there. Oh, like, the hell? Yeah, she's in this tank. And she's like, oh, She's screaming to the microphone. She's not even singing. She's screaming, holding onto the thing, screaming onto it, holding onto the edges. And like, they're forcing her Was it at least like an her ironic feet, song? Like something? I don't like... even know. It was in different language. But her feet, <laughs> the position she was in, her feet were spread on it. Like, because the tank was like a big square. And she's doing like a split onto the tank <laughs> and holding onto the thing and singing and Trying to dodge these snakes, Kayla, this is not you. be in the tank. Yeah, pretty that is much. You're calling. It's like calling to fucking. She's singing like Funky Town or something. I, I wish it was like stupid like God, that. It was. It was probably an actually popular popular song in whatever country it's from. Then. <laughs> I and then she just shits herself on <laughs> but she was so like and she was really good sport when they finally and the thing is when they finally like lift her out she's still singing she got through the whole thing she's sitting there just like <sighs> we watched one where it <laughs> but was but she got through it but it was brutal we watched one where it was, it was I'll find the clip who's of that somewhere. fucking guy Steve-O or whatever and they, they gave him like a, a controller and it was this guy the contestant was singing karaoke but the whole time he had to serve he had to sing the song while serving people drinks. He would bring alcohol to him on a, on a platter with a little microphone. And Steve-O was there uh, whenever he wanted to press the button to a shot color. Oh, no. So, that guy, yeah, the guy's like, and I... <laughs> trying to pour your wheel out with... <laughs> trying to pour alcohol in there. And, like, Steve-O was just like... And for some reason, it was the best fucking thing I saw that day. I was like, this is this is just great. Uh, okay, wait. Oh, yeah. This I is, need to get one of those. This podcast um, is about fetish. Oh, yes, um, it always is, isn't it? <laughs> we're wrestling with fetish constantly. I know, we're, we're wrestling with it right now. Um, so just <laughs> I think for, they're, they're losing. So we're, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a little bit of, of structure. Not too much, because it's it's Kayla, and I don't I don't think we like structure with Kayla. We like to just let her... Fuck structure. I'm going to be Googling karaoke tank, and I'm trying to find... It's called Killer Karaoke, and it's when you make people sing while you dump them into a tank <laughs> of snakes you lose, you in fact and octopuses. Well, definitely save it for later, because we're going to watch it. I that. am. So we're going to... It's um, on the list. So we're going to talk a little bit about your um, kind of your origins and also for people who don't know who you are. Okay, what my, you, origin my, my origin story. story? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I was yeah. bitten by a sexy vampire. No, but, but you are. Uh, yeah. So you, uh, you're known right now. I mean, you do, yeah, you're like a, a Jane of all trades. So you do like, you do <laughs> music. Renaissance woman. Yeah. You do music. You do, um, uh, you do modeling. Uh, you, do you do any of your own productions or just appear in other productions? I don't I do not do any of my own productions right now. However, I do have a lot that's in the works for the coming year. I think I've been kind of just waiting to do it right because 
there's a lot that goes into actually producing your own content and keeping it going. And oh, yes, it I, there's no point in trying to get the ball rolling if you're not going to keep it rolling because there's a lot of moving parts that go into producing. And I've spent the past couple years observing more and trying to make myself a useful part of other productions in as many ways as I can in costuming, in modeling, in music, in editing, and whatever I can learn skills about and then eventually see how it's managed properly and do it right because... Uh, I don't know. Just, I've, seen, I've seen too many people just get into it and grab a webcam and be like, I'm going to do a clip for sale. And I was like, oh, this looks like a fucking mess. I don't want, me brushing my yeah, hair. And I don't want yes. that to be like Here's my legacy my in this, you know. If I'm going to produce stuff on my own, I want it to be like fucking Hollywood level shit. <laughs> whether it's like hardcore porn or the most softcore adorable stupid thing ever. Like, I just want to just do something really different. So... Um, I'm definitely waiting on that, but I really That's enjoy awesome. kind of being a part of everyone else's projects and being a part of like a million cool families. I would love to see what something directed through your eyes would look. I kind of want to want to bring back like theater, but through the filter of kind of what we do on film, and mm-hmm. then also take that same theater element and put it on production and clips. Like, I really have like a very visual imagination like mm-hmm. I think in pictures and I think in moving pictures all the time like from just basic ideas and concepts and I'm always coming up with ideas so if I can organize that into a nice system mm-hmm. and put it in a place where it's gonna constantly make money I can see it actually being sustainable and not you're one of the few people who I can go to and I'll be like hey have you seen this and part of my brain goes she, of course she has so like have you seen this awesome clip and you'll be like fuck yeah here it is it's my phone it's the third one down Boom, uh, bam, and I'm like god damn it I can't surprise Kayla <laughs> So, uh, but, but you... It's like constant research, I guess. Yeah, no, and that's fine, too. I do it all the time as well. We're constantly on, you know, phones and iPads and, you know, like, check this out, go to Imager, go to Reddit, you know, whatever. It's funny that week. But have you thought of, because it just occurred to me, you also, another thing that you do under Lydia Vengeance and Vengeance Designs, or Mm -hmm. is it? So you do do a lot of your own uh, clothing designs. A lot of it is, is latex. Uh, what else? What other medium do you kind of? Literally, explore? I can sew all the things. That's kind of what I'm trying mm-hmm. to make like a new trademark because I got the latex thing going because uh, I was really interested in it at the time when I was in design school when I first like made. I'll go into that backstory later about like why I got into design because it's it's a funny story. You got bitten mm-hmm. by a radioactive spider. Exactly. <laughs> yes, I got bitten by a radioactive spider, and that's why I have to worship. It was it was rapid. It was rapid. <laughs> Because now it bleeds in me. It comes out of my veins. We're so like a radio. That's how I do the stitching. People wonder how it's so fast. I pull it right out of my veins and it just goes into the fabric and it's literally just like weaving webs. Um, but no, I'm, I make everything. So I learned how to work with latex. A lot of it was just trial and error and like looking up stuff online, asking people I knew who worked with latex. Like, how does I glue this together? How does? How does I... I, I remember the first time... Like when I tried to glue two of them together and the two parts were still wet and I just stuck the wet to the wet and it didn't stick. And I'm like, why you no stick? And I was trying to make like a basic pair of underwear to wear to the club. I was like literally just 19, just like, I want to make a thing. And we're just calling my friend panicking. I'm like, why is it sticking? She's like, what do you do? I'm like, I'm like, I put the glue on, I stuck. She's like, did you let it dry? I'm like, let it dry. She's like, <sighs> She's like put the glue on, let it dry. And when it's dry, stick it. And I was like, okay. And when I did it, and I was like, oh my wet God. Plus it. Wet and like the minute, wet. the minute I saw it work, my brain, it's like a door just opened and just like yep. a giant wa- rainbow wave just hit me in the face. And I realized, because I'd already been sewing for forever. Like I was poor as fuck. So my mom sewed a lot. We had a sewing machine. We had fabric. We had hand me uh, So we would make shit. Of course, it was poor as mm-hmm. fuck. You got to make stuff. Like it comes out. Most of your best skills come out of necessity. Mm-hmm. Like you learn things when you really want to have a passion, but people don't have passion anymore. I mean, they do here and there, but 
without, without when, when passion isn't there, usually the skills come from necessity. You can, when you can combine them, that is the golden ticket, is necessity and skills you get from there. And then passion for said skills, boom, you are fucking solid. But yeah, one, from you, what I've learned is that... you find your audience and you learn yeah. how to make a business out of it and keep it profitable... Like, and then it can pay your way for constantly evolving in that field, whatever it may be. That's kind of what I'm trying to do. Like, I'm, I'm very proud of the fact that in our fucked up economy and world right now, that still for the past, I'm trying to think when I quit my last, like, day job. That was still, that was 19. 19 was, like, the crazy year of, like, everything falling apart and everything coming back together. Mm-hmm. So, like, what I have now and what I've been saying since, like, age 20 to now, like, 27. Um, but, uh, I don't know. It was weird. I can... I should, I, should, I should backtrack, I guess, and like restart the story because I'm gonna start rambling. So I'm, not <laughs> sure. I'm, that's, I'm here to I'm here to to wrangle uh, to wrangle the ra- wrangle the rambles. But uh, but no, so I do want to keep on track with with people getting to know you in terms of your your beginnings and everything. But uh, but yeah, also the nature of what you do. So you you do the designs. But I was thinking, would it be great like if later on you do become a producer and you incorporate your design work? And because yeah, I'm sure there's a huge that's kind of what I want to do now like, is like I. Mm. I want to apply like, like I said, what I have with the design because I I don't I've never lost that passion. It's more like it started with me making stuff also out of necessity, like moving to New York, being poor. Like I already had the sewing skill, I already made mm-hmm. stuff, and I was going to design school, not really sure what I wanted to do in design. Just that I had, I guess like the uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> don't hide your flannel. <laughs> I'm gonna hide my flannel. I can, I can see you through it. <laughs> I don't know. I get I get embarrassed when I Why? start talking about myself. No, oh, man. sometimes I don't. You're know. in the wrong podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but, but let we're, me. We're so all me... so proud of you, and oh I'm constantly goodness. in admiration of you and all the things that you do for yourself, and just how you're constantly like all over the place, like with your hands in so many different baskets. And you know, when people do that, usually on the regular, it just it waters it down in a sense. Because like they're just they That's can't I focus because I they can't focus on I am one so thing. I'm still guilty but... of watering it down. I have, and that was the earlier days' sake. That's what I'm trying to do now is trim the fat and focus just on the things that are worth worth my time and involving people that I want to be around. Not that mm-hmm. not feeling like I have to do everything just to be good at everything. That's one thing that I'm very very guilty of because since I've moved here, I felt like New York. But by here, I mean like New York, like, and that's when I started like doing all this stuff. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's so hard to keep up with everybody. Like, you have to try and do everything to keep up with everybody. Oh, and you end up spreading yourself so thin. It's a super place. You go to a place. I, I remember going to a, to a burlesque show. And I was like, I came to New York thinking, like, because I started in Boston, did a few little fetish shows here and there, did some burlesque. And, you know, it's easy to get feed, feedback. You're in a small club of local people. They're going to tell you you're good no matter what you do. Yeah. You know? They're, de- they're there to see you. And you, you need that starter confidence. Then you go of to New course. York where you're performing next to someone that has a fucking dance degree from NYU and the most beautiful costume you've ever seen in your fucking life. And you're standing there with, like, fishnets. Like, and like what? A little, what am like, I doing with myself? A little myself? latex dress you made yourself, and your number is, like, to, like, a Marilyn Manson song, and you're like, they're going to fucking hate me, and I'm about to do this. And even when you get an okay response, you still kind of feel those, like, deathly stares of, like... Because there's, there's, there's good people there that are supportive, and there's people that are evil and horrible and think they're goddesses and everyone sucks. That's And you're going to run into field. both. You're, exactly. But the most intense versions of them are all in New York, I feel. Well, New York and L.A. Uh, you know? So you get the best... Oh, fuck so those like, places. So, like, the, the performers that are amazing are amazing. Like, in New York, I've met some of those amazing performers that oh, have yeah. me in awe, and they're also great people. Mm-hmm. So you have that. They also have raging cunts. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, and I wanted to add that to the list of things. Yeah, you burlesque, burlesque performer. Um, that's what I mean. I do want to eventually. So I, I guess my in a nutshell, I'll, I'll go back to different movies yeah, yeah, after that. Course, but I want to put all that together, and I want to incorporate like almost like uh, like a modern day theater production where I run the costume design because I'm skilled in that. I can manage the models because I know how to work with girls. I know how, like I, people end up trusting me, and I'm easy to talk to, and I feel like. This is not saying against any dude, dude producers because you in particular are great about this, but a lot of guys are not, and they it's very hard, especially in sex work, and all fetish work is sex work, mm-hmm. for a man yes. to be dictating what a woman should be doing with her body. Yeah. And it's up to the woman to dictate her limits, and then the dude producer will write things down or whatever, but I feel like you can get, like, I get a lot out of people, me personally, like what I can offer just as a woman and as a woman producer, um, offering almost freedom of expression the same way I do with my designs. Like, yeah. when I have a, 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 thing, a bunch of outfits, and I'll tell the girls, and you've seen this too, you saw it with Maggie, I'm like, what mm-hmm. outfits do you like? What makes you feel sexy? And I'm not going to say, you're wearing this because that's what I see, blah, 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 because I've seen fashion shows, that's what they do. And the girls are down the runway, and they look pouty, and they look pretty, but, like, they're not feeling it. They don't like what they're They're human coat hangers. When my girls go down the runway, and I hate saying my girl because they don't belong to me, but I feel like I put effort in trying to bring out the best in them. (laughs) No, but when I say my girls, I mean who they are in that five minutes based on what I tried to bring out out of them to show their potential. Oh, well, we were just just showing Andrea the fashion show that we did at FitCon. That was the, that's a great fucking example. Seeing someone like Maggie, like live out her evil, with her fucking bitch brow coming out, like, yes, yes. yes. And then you with your fucking peplum, like doing your fucking Chad Michaels reveal. I was like, yes, Jackie. (laughs) Yes. Seeing Noelle come out, her fucking fifth element thing, just slinking around and touching herself and being all into it. Seeing like two, two of my actual customers come out in items they own of mine and like touching themselves and loving themselves and being confident women. I was like, I end up, it's so funny, when I come out last, I always want to come out so badass, like, yeah, I own this, but I end up sitting backstage, watching everything happen, and watching each girl, like, have their moment, and, like, as an empath, it's like my heart swells out of my chest so much, that by the time it's my turn to go on, I forget what the fuck I even plan on doing, I'll have all this choreography planned out, to come out and be all, like, I am boss bitch, I'll just come out, and just be like, rawr, kitty claws, <laughs> twirl, look at shake, look, look at, at my butt, buttons. look at my butt, look at my butt. I don't know what to do, so just look at my butt. Hey, look at you, hey, you, look at my butt. Uh, hey, these are my girls. You're saying it but like, it's so, when I, when, when I see it played back, it's so genuine because it shows that I really don't care about me at all at that point. I care about the group and the community, and I care about seeing the extension of myself, the designs, it really was being on those moment. people and well, having it bring something out of them. It's like the clothing becomes the person, the person becomes the clothing, and that's a part of me. Oh, and that's why absolutely. I feel like my girls, I'm like, oh my God, like I get so fucking emotional. And like that's why I was I wanna... emotional that night. Like I was just so thrilled to even. So be that's kind of like the budding of what I want to do, and I want to try and take that same dynamic and apply it to mm-hmm. not necessarily just fetish shoots, even just shoots that showcase certain things that the women want to showcase, things that they like want to do. Like the same way you ask girls what their fetishes are. Like I want to talk to girls and see like what they like to do, what they like yeah. to wear, and I want to kind of build almost a community where I can create jobs and work for people that I think deserve it, well, that... and also create content <clears throat> that is 
beautiful, well-produced, and also, like, really erotic and, you know, fierce and different and edgy. Like, I'm not afraid to push boundaries, and I'm not afraid about about sexuality and kink and things that people are not used to seeing. Like, get the fuck over it. Free the nipple. Free the everything. Like, love your body, too. You have a level of exclusivity because you're going to be able to feature, uh, especially attire that's made just by you. All that will be exclusive. No one else is going to fucking And I also want to be able to let the Mm. models, like, keep some outfits, too, that I can like make them like commission for sets or mm-hmm. you know have them like wear things that are them and then have them be able to wear that even on their own sites yeah. and have it be something that can be or if you they're know, going part a, of them yeah, if they go into a because... party and you're like here wear this and just mm-hmm. tell them fucking vengeance I do that all the time with my yeah. friends if, if they're around they want to buy or something like that's that's great like I want to I want to help people out I want to collaborate so like, what are you wearing I don't want to just create like an, like an empire's not creative from just one solo thing it's a community it's yeah. a bunch of moving parts it's not one it's like really it's not one queen it's like an army of fucking queens and that's what I want. I don't want to be the queen and have a bunch of princesses. I just want an army of queens. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's kind of what I'm picturing in a whole production sense is creating kind of um, a whole fetish world and a fantasy world that is very immersive and features content that can feature the best parts of the women based on you know what they like to do, what they're good at. What their strengths are, like you know, like someone who's strong, someone who's good at this, so good at that stuff. I want to like get to know them as people. The same way I get to know my customers when I do design work. What doing all the design stuff and doing commissions for so long has taught me like a social interaction that I used to hate, and now I love it because I'm not overwhelmed by it. Like in a nine to five job, where I have to talk to people. I can talk to people on very controlled terms, and the kind of people I'm talking to are unique in so many great ways that Mm. I can connect with them on levels that are. It's very. It's so you just break down those walls immediately. Like, if someone's coming to you for a latex cat suit, I already know they're into weird shit. Yeah. They're coming for a latex cat suit. You, you know, are, we can talk you are very, my people. Yeah, we can talk very candidly. Mm-hmm. You know, I can invite you to parties. I can talk to you about different things I'm involved in. I can share projects. So, your network is completely unlimited because everyone shares those common interests. And you know that the minute they send you that first email. I, I think, I think that's so true, though. Like, part of being a successful producer, no matter what you produce, whether it be like, you know, fashion or videos or like you're producing like a an art in some fashion, like you just have to be able to like provide that like what you have to work with and and getting the best that you can from the talent that you have. And, it really is. And realizing the strong points of who you work with and, and just enveloping that. Just, you know, you don't want to make everybody just conform and be something that they're not. Like, because people all have different personalities and it's like, Yes, I want to work with that. That's your that's your collaboration right there. So real quick, so you... that's just good management too. Like mm-hmm. that's what you just said right there is exactly what I've noticed in the companies that work versus the companies that don't, mm-hmm. and that's true in this industry and with fetish producing, with any kind of alternative Absolutely. production, and that's the same thing that should be true in every other work field. And you see bosses that just dictate and boss people around yeah. and you people that are miserable. Point their fingers, sit back. And then you have companies yeah. where they literally work to bring out the best in people and it's this beautiful functioning system. Yeah. And when you realize that that's the difference is the management technique, it's so fucking simple to just make it fucking work. It really is simple, but it's simple to people like you and I that just do it just it's as common second sense. And also nature. we see that it works. It's we have proof that it works. Yeah. It's very hard because people mm. want control. They don't want to take risks. Mm-hmm. And it is a risk to also trust your talent and trust your people on that level where you're letting them you know kind of take control in a way and 
Like you're you're still bo- get, you're being a boss, but you're also letting them take control because you trust them. It's a trust thing. So you have to have yeah. a good instinct about the right people. That's but like you do, everyone here does. Like that's why everyone I've worked with here it is so good because overnight. I feel like it doesn't. So what were you talking but that about? experience is very important. What were you talking about earlier when you said? And this is I'm not stroking my my own ego, which I I mean I don't mind doing that. But stroke it, Dante. Um, it was the um, you said there's was something there's something that I did in particular that you appreciated that you do as well. You work with the women that you work with without expecting anything from them. Mm-hmm. So it never feels like you are dictating what they have to do with their bodies. And wrestling is not very, very sexual. At least I don't see it as very sexual compared to a lot of things that I do. Mm-hmm. But to people that are watching it, of course it's very sexual. And to the, some women that are performing it, I'm sure they struggle with the sexuality of it and what the content may or be, may not be used for and whether they're okay with that. And so it is still considered sex work in some ways. And any kind of sex work, the main problem I see is when men are the bosses and that's like every strip club every single strip club unless oh, it's, it's yeah, unless it's yeah, yeah. like uh not, not born birth thing is a female thing <laughs> unless it's um started by a woman like if she starts it herself and is owned by owned by a woman that's different and they are run very differently but most strip clubs are managed by men and i call it the boys club and i understand why they do it that way because it it, it makes the clientele you know, they want come in. It's a system that works. But... It's very intimidating to walk into... A there's no boundaries. ...women and then women are running the show. It's like, we don't belong here. Exactly. we have nothing to relate to. Yeah. And even, it's even, stupid. And even... Yeah, exactly. And the guys don't want it either. Like, they kind of like the whole bossiness of it, but... Oh, sometimes And this is different too. than the strip, strip club thing, but... Um, but being in those situations, even on, like, I, I never even worked in a strip club. I've never been an actual stripper, despite all the weird naked stuff that I do. <laughs> I've done stripper-related things. Like, I've worked bachelor parties and private parties and done, like, burlesque shows at, at bachelor parties and shit. But I've never, and I've worked in strip clubs doing installations and burlesque. I do, like, an installation at Sapphire where I'm a dominatrix in a little dungeon and people just walk by and I creep oh, them girl. out. I and know. They, and they just I, pay me to I be there, basically. You online. I know like, all about you. But, like, by doing that, I observe what happens. I remember, like, one night in particular where like a girl got really upset because she had to go do a private dance and she just didn't want to but like the guys make money off of each like private situation mm-hmm. so it's a business I get that and you know what you're signing up for you know the girls can't exactly. complain because they know That's what they're exactly signing up what for I was say. but you know mm-hmm. it could easily be avoided if you know they have more of a choice and if it's approached almost like what do you want to do da 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 and almost like giving them control and power in the situation mm-hmm. um, like what I had like my dream strip club idea and I I'm. I don't really want to talk about it because it's exclusive. Okay. Oh, can, don't. Can then. I? Can I say it? Oh, damn it. Oh, I don't want to talk about it. Don't. I don't know. I have like this. Tell me about oh. it later. No, you can. You can. You can give it like a broad outline. Let's put it this way. No, no, yeah. this is not because no one. No one. I don't. Because honestly, I don't think I'm going to make it happen. So fuck y'all. It's a fucking challenge. You want to take my idea? Go ahead and no, fucking don't. take it. Don't fuck you. No, you can. No. I wanted almost like a, a, a goddess lounge type thing. And rather than have it be a strip club, have it be almost like a bar and a lounge where women can kind of have like areas. And I kind of pictured it having almost like a theme, um, almost like a, like a, like a reverse harem yes. where like women run the show. But where you can have like women like, like on a throne in this beautiful chair, this gorgeous outfit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, each area is like a VIP lounge where like the guys can come and sit and talk. Almost like... It's like geisha stuff, literally. And that's not a new idea. Like, picture, like, what a geisha type situation would be. But rather than being prostitutes, you're just there as being actual, like, en- like entertainers. Like, what an original escort would be. Mm-hmm. Like, classy, beautiful women, gorgeously made up, beautiful outfits, you know. And the men can drink with them, can rub their feet, da-da-da. If they're the kind of one that dances, they can dance for you. Like, of course. Like, all these things can be possible in what they place. do. But, yeah, men and women can go. Couples could go. And 
I think it's the kind of thing that if, it, if that can be done, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't even be mad if I took that idea. I just want to work with them and be like, yo, we're going to work to fucking together. Like, I want more people to take ideas like this and make things like this happen. Fuck it. Everybody make a goddess lounge. Go do it. I don't have time to do it all myself. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, no, I am one human being. I'm doing too many things. People, go out and make goddess lounges. <laughs> Stop with the strip clubs. It's stupid. It's a better idea. It's going to make you money. You're welcome. And that's, and I think that but the thing is like, yeah. I, I, but what I was saying, bring, a, bringing, a, bringing a, it back to what I really said about idea. you was that um, one thing I appreciate was that, you know, there's very few male producers that I feel like I don't have any kind of wall up where like, dude being boss. No, I am boss of me. Like it's, it's Santi. Mm-hmm. Nothing is weird. No wrestling move feels like you're grabbing me in any weird way. Like I've, that's never even crossed my mind for a fucking second. Yeah. And in most other shoots, I'm always keeping like my eye your open looking. Up, yeah. I'm looking at Get everything in the room. I have like, I, like, like, I'm the kind of person that if there's like a secret camera in your bathroom, I'm going to fucking find it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call you out on it. Like I am that person. Like I'm so observant. And just like make up I am so videos. observant. Nothing fucking gets past mm-hmm. me with that shit. Mm-hmm. But, with, oh, with, but with both with both of you in particular with you because Jackie's like with a chick like hi girl whatever with a dude it's like it's so hard for women to let their guard down it's not, and it's not just me I see every girl you work with has that same wall down guard down like you are Santi like you are a friend you are someone that's not threatening in any way you're someone they trust mm-hmm. but not in an emasculating way it's, it's also in a protector way like you keep them safe you keep their safety in mind you keep their integrity in mind and they respect that and mm-hmm. you, you respect them yes. and so it's mutual and that is something that every other producer should aim to be like because only a f- maybe literally a, by a handful I mean I can count on less than my single hand male producers treat their talent with that level of respect and like you know just good regard no I so appreciate it's that. super appreciated and like I said <clears throat> every performer you've worked with sees you that way it's so, not this is not new knowledge I'm throwing out there I'm just so, restating the facts but let's go back to let's go back to let's I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of like shape up that particular aspect of what you just said with what we were just talking about. So the goddess lounge as a concept, I, I personally, I think it's fucking amazing, but then you have to deal with the fact that there's a lot of, um, are you heading out? Yeah. Oh, Andrea's leaving us. Andrea, Good night, Andrea. <laughs> we love you. I love you. We love Bye. hearing your, we love hearing Bye. your voice. Love is mutual. Um, oh man. For those of Come you. Come back and see us again soon. For those of you in a sleepy fetish, that's what Andrea's going to do the, right the only now. good thing about her leaving <laughs> is we get to watch her walk away and we get to watch I'll do like her walk yes. away. Yes, that Romanian booty girl. Shake it. Yes. Okay. Good I'm stopping and doing now. Romanian. Um, Anyway, goddess, so, goddess lounge. Awesome. So goddess lounge, but then you have to also like <clears throat> for every, for example, for every producer I, I, for every producer who does what I do and and does what Jacqueline does, where she makes you feel comfortable and she yeah. makes you feel like you're not being exploited. And even if there is some exploitative elements, they're explained. It's like I'm, do, I'm shooting it this way because I want to see this. Uh, there's always going to be the guys who don't, who like you were talking about, you have to keep your guard up for. But the same thing. We give them a choice, you yeah, know. So, you're, not, you're not saying you have to do this move because they want to see your butt in the air. And you yeah. have to do it. So if they don't. You'll kind of work around that and be like, all right, is that okay? Whatever. And, and if it doesn't work for, for, for your thing, I'm sure you can adjust the content and just not use them for that kind of content. Like, okay, whatever. They don't want to do that. They don't want to do that. Whatever. Yeah, you never you be like, if you girls, want to get paid, you have to do this. Because there's plenty of girls that will do it. Yeah. And that's what other producers don't realize. They try and make every girl do everything. If everything Fucking they stop see. that. Yeah, that's if not, you need something done, there is a girl that will do it. Do the time to go find that girl who does that and that's her specialty but with the goddess lounge I was thinking like um, you'd have to you'd have to really shape it in such a way because one of the things I noticed about strip clubs it is very much like bottom of the barrel now not everyone who goes to strip clubs is I would say like you know the base male but there's a lot of those dudes that go to those places and if they were presented with the idea of a goddess lounge they'd be like what the fuck is that why are you throwing art in my fucking you know 
Here's the yeah, thing, though. Like, you they're, you they're, gotta they're, make they're it exclusive and private because it's a part of it where you have uh, the male ego versus the male sensuality. Oh, and I agree. There's a fear of male sensuality, especially when combated with the male ego. And so I feel like strip clubs are made to stroke the male ego and make it all about like, yeah, you're a man here. You're dominating. Throw mm. money on these women. They're here for you. Look mm. at these asses. You're the bomb. You're the boss. And that's good. You want it. That's the whole point. It's why you go to a strip club, to feel like you're the boss, to feel like that's your girlfriend. That's your Every single one of these girls is your bae in there. You know, mm. you can make it rain on them through your girls. And you know what, it's what, fake. What, what is bae? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> not kidding. But, um... One thing I've noticed from working in the, the whole dungeon thing is the kind of guys we'll bring in there, the ones who submit the most and the ones who kind of like goddess worship the most and the ones who I feel like would be the most interested in that are the most masculine boss type dudes. And if you bring them in there with like their friends, they'll be like, like with Conan on that fucking Dom thing. Uh, like, exactly. But they'll start started. off all like, what are you doing? Why are you touching my nipples? This is weird. Da, da, da. Cause friends are watching. Cause people are watching. Yeah. yeah. The, camera the is minute scrolling. everyone is out of the room and it's private yep. and you start touching them, they're like, Ugh. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, Oh, so do you little think, puppy. So do, and they're like, I'm a good little puppy. But do, like, you think, yes. do you think they that, uh, do you think that, um, a goddess, uh, lounge would appeal more to the regular Joe or more fetishist? I think you can kind of go down the middle and either. you talk about rubbing feet and stuff like that? And you, I, can see I, I that. feel like you can have ones almost like a bunch of girls that are belly dancing and dancing around. You can have ones that are literally, you can have areas that are more like a general strip club. And if that's because I know girls are strippers that love pole dancing and love shaking their ass in guys' faces, they should be allowed to do that. Here's the you thing know? I think that. But I feel like if you give it options, like if a guy can disappear into a private room where it's more intimate and sensual, even, even with a fetish theme, or something different, they can like just a different experience. People are craving experience. I feel like the Goddess Lounge is made primarily for women because this sounds like a comforting place where women can just be feminine and be beautiful and like appreciate oh, each other. And like, so I don't really like strip clubs for like the reason that you mentioned. It's just like guys fucking out there with their machismo and just like and the buzz and make it rain. Look at all this shit. And she's my girlfriend and just her. Yeah. And so I hate that that's about strip clubs. But, but that's I, how you all sound uh, in our heads. Uh, I'm sorry, Sandy. That's how every man sounds in our heads. My name is Chad. Every guy in our head is Chad. Okay. <laughs> Um, but yeah, this is like the primordial <laughs> instinct that comes out. But um, like when when I go to strip clubs, like I have like a deeper meaning, and I don't get that from when I go to just like normal strip clubs. Like I'm looking for like the little idiosyncrasies. I'm sorry. Idiosyncrasies. I apologize, everyone. I have. Have a bit to drink. We're gonna keep mm-hmm. drinking. It's gonna be great. We're gonna keep drinking. Oh yeah, it's gonna get weird. It's gonna, guys. We're gonna drink. It's gonna be so great. I know oh. it. You know it. It's Everyone be, knows it. It's gonna be it's huge. Gonna be huge. <laughs> it's gonna be huge. It's gonna be so great. No, that'd it's be great. Huge. At the end, like the end, I'm just like. I think that you miss them. Oh, totally. <laughs> I totally am Sally. I mean, I like, feel yeah. you. I feel you. Yeah, that's it. We're going to play it back and we realize we're talking about nothing. It's going to go on for like four hours. And suddenly we're going to start playing rock band. And you're going to hear us fucking screaming white rabbit in the background. <laughs> These when, are 
Lucas will be whining. If anything, you can take this podcast and play it slowly so you can scare, I don't know, crows no, off No, you can yard. you can play it in reverse. It's a message from Satan. <laughs> Go pick me up some beer. Well, yeah. Satan doesn't sound like a drunk Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, yeah, that? it does, doesn't it? That's it like does. a drunk Arnold. That's what, that's what uh, Satan sounds like. <laughs> I picture Satan way hotter, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> she says wearing the Baphomet's fucking shirt. He'd be so like, wait, what, bah, what, bah, 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 bah. Uh, he's not Satan. No, he's good. But he who do you, who do you imagine film. Satan as? We'll get into that later. Oh. But no, uh, the oh. goddess. The, oh. So anyway, the whole woman thing with, with goddess lounge type stuff is uh, not just women, but I also want to have like it's. I want to have it for everybody. I want to have men in there. I want to create kind of like. A, a worshiping kind of environment where people can go and indulge in fantasy situations, whether it's like a, a small, like, like even like a miniature dom session type thing that you want to have while you're there, or just sitting and having a drink with beautiful people. Can I go? Like, yes, it's beautiful people that are paid to be there. Yes, it's beautiful people that you're paying. But that's the same way as you're going to a bar in New York where all the bartenders are gorgeous and you know it. Yeah. It's the same thing. So you think you could extend you know? it? And I'm not trying to take away the clientele from those t- traditional strip clubs. You're never going to pull those guys out of those strip clubs. They're going to go into those same strip clubs until the day they die. And some of those girls are fine working there, and they're great. I'm trying to take the ones that don't want that environment, mm-hmm. but still want to. So do you think to do do this this kind of yeah, work? And you, there's a middle th- ground. Are you thinking of maybe like I mean like I like, like I'm liking the concept. So you maybe like there's a, a lot of places like like it. private rooms where you can like do your separate fetishes. Like someone wants to fetishes speak. or even just dance. Same, you know, dance? you can have basic dancing, or you can have like. A whole fetish experience. You mm-hmm. can have a wax play session. You can have a bonded session. You can have a sleepy session. Yep. You can have a wrestling session. You can have these private. So it's controlled. Yeah, for, it's getting interesting. Yeah, it's controlled for both people because you're in a safe place where no one can get hurt. Like you have security, so but it's, it's not. It's not security where people are outside the room like waiting for you like a creepy way. I'm taking a concept that's like a mixture of strip clubs and dungeons and what everyone does independently and trying to create an environment that's a safe space. Ideally, I would basically just have like. What I want uh, in the long run is a space, like a a, a, loca- a location that can be all of these things. Mm-hmm. That can be this there has business. To be something like and this I can have the front out be... in the universe. Like there has to be something. Maybe someone's tried. The closest I've seen. It's not the closest, but I mean the format, the structure you're talking. Remember there used to be that show Cat House on on HBO. Where uh, it was, uh, cool. But it, that was that was that was a, just a regular brothel. But the thing that I remember very specifically was that. that Everyone had their own room to yeah. work in, and they had their own stuff that they hung up, and they had their own feel, their own flavor. But if you translate over to, to like a goddess uh, thing, it could be like, okay, so like you said, this is like sleepy fetish yeah. room. This is like foot fetish. This is, you know, yeah. And this but is it could be like a sleepy bondage. dream, dream is, land. Yeah. It could be like Velvet's fantasy land, and oh. it could be so immersive for everyone that comes in there. I mean, that's, and that's you can my be your, every you can day. Be yourself. But. So like, as someone, like, as me, who would be the one, like, if me, as me running that, like, you'd still be your own boss, but I'd still be the boss, but I wouldn't be controlling you. I'd just be putting you in an environment where you can be the best you, and we can all make money doing it. Oh my god! That's you know, idea. like, <laughs> it's, and, it's, so, and that's why I'm not afraid to share it because um, I'm going to be my plan B. If my I, I believe in putting, under, it, by the putting way. it out in the universe, like you know, I'd rather talk about this stuff because that's how things get going. You know, I'm not going to suddenly pull fucking a million dollars out of my ass and fucking make this shit happen. But if someone wants to fucking do it and you need my brain to do it, because honestly, even though I'm putting the idea out there, it needs sustenance and it needs all the creativity that I use to come up with this. I came up with this in like an hour. And this is one of like probably 500 fucking ideas I you have in business seed. models. You were exactly. The seed and you need so that's why I'm not afraid. I used to be really afraid of sharing all the ideas. Who's going to take it? No, 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 no. If they want to try and fucking take it, they're going to take the base of the idea and then fuck it up. 
or make it something different that I didn't even want to begin with. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd be much happier sharing these ideas and hopefully someone with a million dollars that wants to be involved in it, the best project ever, will be what? like, boom, <laughs> do it. And I'm like, I gotcha. That actually, that, that actually, um, uh, I love that your stream of consciousness is so fucking, like, fucking badass that I, 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 I literally feel like I have to raise my hand. <laughs> so I'm like, hold on. Uh, but no, yeah. uh, it's, I kind of feel the same way when I produce. Like, uh, when someone goes like, hey, sleeper kid, are you afraid to do these live streams where you're giving away your tricks or you're giving away how you do things? And I go, you can give away as much as you want. It's all about how people recreate it. Mm-hmm. And when you know that you've got it down and you know you can do it better than anybody else, it doesn't matter if some other person goes like, well, I'm going to try to do what he does um, because you know you, you're the best at that particular thing. And so in your case, if someone tried to do the goddess lounge and you know, you'd be like, yeah, if I'm not, if I'm not working with you, you're probably going to fuck it up. Yeah. And that's, that's great. Honest, that's I, very reassuring. I've already seen people take my ideas and oh, fuck, fuck them up. We have an alarm? Sorry. <laughs> Time to wake up, Jackie. Ooh. No, so sleepy. I'm never. No, this is, this I'm is never our, gonna wake up. It's our hourly chloroform time. It's like, Ooh. all right, here we go. Clara time. <laughs> oh shit. But okay, so let me go back just a little bit. Um, you know, that, but literally, that's one of many ideas I just had as as a business model. I have a million because, like, of course, as a designer, I want a boutique. I want some kind of shop front. I had an, I've have I have ideas for multiple venue spaces that could be performance spaces, that could be party spaces. You know, there's the Goddess Lounge idea. I have so many potential businesses that I want to get involved in at some point. But, you know, what I'm doing right now is still curating a lot of experiences and, you know, learning the most I can to be the best boss that I can. Well, so one of the things about Kayla... It's like life college. Yeah, one of the things about Kayla that blows me away, so you have like an Instagram feed, you have like Twitter. And one of the things that I love is going through there and you're like, I'm scrolling through your, your Instagram feed, for example, and I'm going like... Okay, there's an outfit she designed. Oh, she's playing live at this show. Okay, there's a, there's a fetish video she just started. Oh, there's something she just designed. And there's something that she... There's a burlesque act. There's this thing that she coached someone else to do. So everything that you post is not like, you know, Hey, guys, you're a shot of my feet. Yeah, I'm in the bathroom and I'm posing. What do you think? Like, you oh like my me? God, find Dom, hashtag... You know, none of oh that. No, and literally, <laughs> you literally you post like, is always so yeah. interesting and creative and fun and different. And you don't ask anybody to like feed that for you. You don't do like... And I, like I said, I'm not going to... I don't want to get on the case of girls who do this. But like we like girls who just have the one thing where it's just like here's a shot of me in here here's a shot of me this way here's a shot of me this way and it's like that's the constant feed yeah. and I always see your stuff and I'm always like love 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 because you are everything is either even if it's something that you're not doing you'd be like check out this video I found that's fucking awesome or check out this photo I check found. out this band I'm at they're fucking check great check out their thing so you really like do... when I'm at shows and other performers going on and they're killing it I take a video and I'm like check out fucking motherfucking this girl slaying it look at that booty go yeah. like. I but like you gotta support other people. I love loving other women and loving other performers and everybody like that. So it's I don't know. I I don't think of it as anything different. I don't see it as different. I guess because I don't look at myself that way. That's a good thing. It's good to say humble. It's a really good thing. But like I remember one time someone came up to me at one of my burlesque shows in uh, Newark, and it was the weirdest and one of the sweetest compliments I ever got. And she was like, oh, my God. She came up to me rushing. She was like, you're Lydia. Oh, my God. We have to talk to you. You got to meet my boyfriend. We have this, this silly ritual on Sunday we have to tell you about. And I'm thinking, like, oh, what? <laughs> what? What is this weird ritual this you have? Is this involved? No. They, they come to me and they're, they're like, okay. They're like, we saw you perform here before. We love your style. We find you on Instagram. And we have this thing where every Sunday we're like, what would Lydia do? And we go on your Instagram and we just, like, go through all the stuff you're doing and, like, just, like, 
just like like you know like just like I guess like not like go through my life, but like it doesn't it didn't seem like creepy stalkerish. They're just like they find joy in seeing what I did that week. Like what yeah. did Lydia do this week? Oh look, she was at the barn with her horse. Oh look, she performed here. Oh look, she made this. And like the same thing you said, all the different stuff. I didn't see that as being anything special. I think it was just me like I made a thing. Look, I made a thing. Takes a picture. Okay, back to what I was doing. Yeah. I'm at a show. I'm happy I'm there. Hey guys. I'm at a show. Look at the band. Look at the thing. Look at the crowd. It's fun. Yay! Wish you were here. Like, I don't think anything of it. Like when, when I'm when I'm doing marketing, you can tell I'm marketing. You can tell when I'm like new design. Check it out. Blah blah blah. blah. Fucking thirty hashtags. <laughs> but it's really good to find someone. I mean, that interesting that you can follow. Like, I mean, we have a lot of friends that um, a lot of friends that like uh, t- uh, will message me and be like. Man, I'm so glad like we're Facebook friends because I get to see kind of what you do, and like it's so much. It looks like so much fun, and it, it kind yeah. of, you know, it, like we were did the one of the videos we did today where we were doing the live stream. There was a guy from Britain who uh, he's, he goes by uh, I forgot the name, but it, he's, mm. he's uh, Mark, I think his name is, and he uh, he was just like super. No, Mark Dickens, maybe. Should I not say his full name? Sorry, I'll bleep it up. But um, or yeah, I'm gonna have to remind you. But he's a big he's a big British uh, pro wrestling fan. So he was watching us do our live stream, and he writes he wrote something really sweet. It was like um, not only is this fucking great viewing for a Sunday afternoon when it's kind of rainy outside, but I get to see how much care you guys put into this and how much love you have for it. And no other custom company that does my kind of wrestling, which is pro. Uh, does this kind of thing and also broadcasts it to everyone and so it was a really nice beautiful thing that he wrote it made me feel great about it but that's the same thing when I see your stuff I'm like I'm so lucky to to have a friend like Kayla where I can be like I'm bored let's see what the fuck Kayla's doing and I was like oh she's with her horse oh no she's there's her her booty there's a latex piece you know there's her booty there's a booty and a latex piece with a horse I'm just like (laughs) I'm like the weird little like Uh, chaos I'm just like a chaos happiness fairy like I just go around spreading mischief and joy, and you I just like, like sharing seven it in the, the morning world. last night. By the way, that was only four in the morning. No, we stayed up later than that, right? And now, I I passed out at four, and okay. then you guys stayed up. And, oh, so like five or six. And we're conducting nonsense. Ooh. We were by nonsense. You mean like stalking my future ex husband? And yes. oh yeah, we yes. stayed up. Uh, <laughs> we won't get into that. And then ending with Joe Rogan fucking comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how do you go from like rock band karaoke to that kind of? That was an insane series of events, by it. the way. Like the way that all unfolded was hilarious. But like, I, I love being able to wind down with you and just talk about shit, and then finally go like, we're both tired. Let's go to bed. Yeah. But so and I just passed out. I was done. So I'm gonna keep trying to. I'm gonna so you're keep you're trying to keep in the structure. Beast. I'm rambling. <laughs> so, uh, one of the questions that we get a lot on this podcast when it comes to um, performers who delve into fetish is how much it connects with their personal lives. Was there ever a point in your youth where you're like something clicked and you were like, I think this is where I'm headed, or was it more like when you were like a teenager and you're like saw something like lycra based and you're like, I want to make this, I want to make that, or just outfits, or just. Because I, you, you do so many different things that I can't peg down one thing that I can even guess is your thing, but you do a lot, so yeah. it must be her, all, like, her thing is being herself. Exactly. I okay, know, but, I think mm. what I'm doing it's this is kind of like almost like a late in life finding myself because I spent so much of my childhood and my younger life taking care of other people and not mm. having any time for myself and not really developing the potential of my own persona. Because it, there just wasn't time or any need for it because there was 
the priority was keeping other people alive and stable and mm-hmm. in comfortable situations, keeping food on the table, keeping a roof over our heads. Like that was the priority. My priority wasn't exploring things that I wanted to learn or so that or happened do. later on. That happened later mm-hmm. on. And I'm glad it did in, in hindsight because it's happening more as an adult with people that are usually experienced and wise. And I've had very good experiences throughout the whole fetish thing. Like most like horrific experiences I hear about models haven't happened to me. Good. And I think it's because I've taken the time to work with the right people and not just jumping into it for the wrong reasons. It was never like a desperation for money. It was more just me realizing that I didn't function well in the normal world and I was working so much and so hard with all these regular jobs, waiting tables, working in offices, working in a research lab when I was still having a science degree and not even doing anything fashion related. Like you know, while still doing modeling on the side and realizing I'm so much happier when I'm doing a photo shoot and people are still paying me. If I can just do this more, I'd be way happier. But I, it was a very hard decision to completely break away from that, like, normal, like, the path you're supposed to take in life and just focus, like, on, you know what, like, I'm going to find myself. I'm going to just, I'm just going to, like, if I enjoy this, I'm going to do it. I don't care if the people that I know now judge it. I'm going to stay with the people that I know won't judge it. Yeah, won't judge it because they're the ones doing it and they're people too. And why, like, you know, the, the people you start with in your life are not always people you end with, you know? Like, like everyone in my hometown that I was friends with, most of them I don't talk to anymore. The few that I do were originally great people to begin with, you know? And I'm glad I still have them as friends, but... Um, it's like when you get somebody trying to add you on Facebook from high school and you're like, but every, yeah, everything I did, <laughs> I, everything I'm doing now are things yeah. that I, everything I do now are things that, that I wanted to do when I was younger, but it just wasn't possible i need to focus on so i I guess i'll I'll get into a quick backstory for the people that are listening that that care um they all all care i won't won't get get into the to to, to the to the dark shit but it was pretty much just um i was always i thrived in the arts i thrived in theater i thrived in music i thrived in drawing anything art that i did i was really good at Mm -hmm. but and I had an artist in my family. The problem was they all had, they all would always end up struggling and they didn't encourage me to do those things in a career sense. They were basically like, no, it's going to be a failure. And on top of that, I was living in a town where my parents were like the town crazies and the town drunks and the town just like outcasts. And I was known as part of that. I couldn't hide from that. Even though I had my own skills and my own greatness, no one cared about that. When you're mm-hmm. a kid, all they care about is tearing you down and you know making you that scapegoat for everything because everyone's got to have one of those. And that was me. And I had no control over that because that's just the life I was fucking given. Yeah. So I couldn't focus on being myself. Like I did theater and I enjoyed it for a while. Then I hit the point where I started getting good at it. And the minute you're good at something, people don't like you. They just do everything they can to tear you down. And when you have no support system, it gets to you. So all it would take for me as a singer would be for one person to tell me I sucked. And I would have such stage fright I couldn't even fucking open my mouth. Mm-hmm. Because that judgment would just, I Who believed said that it. I'll kill them. Oh, so, girl. It wasn't even like. I, I have bared witness to you, like, posting videos of you singing. And then last night, we did rock band till four in the morning. And, like, you fucking brought the shit. Thank you. I, like, well, I love it. It's it, like. Even my, though like, you were tired of shit, too. You were I, like, I came it, up, I literally, and, and we, I was actually surprised that, like, White Rabbit was, like, as more flawless than I've ever sang it in my entire mm-hmm. life at four in the morning when I haven't slept in literally almost three days at that point. That, like, fatigue is what kills your voice the most. So there's no way I should be hitting those notes. And through some grace of fucking Satan, I hit all those fucking notes. <laughs> but, but no, like, I guess when I was a kid, whenever I would try to pursue the arts, 
you know, I would get built up a little bit by the few people that cared, you know, like my, my grandparents were still supported when they could be, but you know, during those darker times, they didn't have the, the legal power to come and like take me out of that yeah. house and take me out of the family. I kind of just had to get through it. And, um, I moved out of my parents' house when I was 16 because it just got to be too much. And I got to a point where like, you know, I was in therapy for all the issues that were going on and realizing that like. I have to make a choice here. I can just commit my life to taking care of them and be trapped or I can run away and whatever happens to them happens and it's not my fault because I was so afraid that if something bad happened to them, it would be my fault for leaving them and taking care of them and I'm like, it's not it's, my job to be their parent. It's not your responsibility. So I learned at a young age a lot of responsibility and how to be that's a, a parent. Hard, and that's a hard truth it, to accept Yeah, it was the hardest, literally. To move out of that house and stop caring was one of the hardest transitions to ever do. You because can still care I was like, still, in a like, different way. And I lived still in that same town and I actually got an apartment with my cousin. We got a one bedroom and we shared it. And it was actually a good experience because it was a weird little redemption arc because I was always, I got bullied so bad in middle school. It got worse in high school. And I hit a point in high school where I'm like, Kids you know what? Kids are assholes. Yeah. And throughout it all, I still had like straight A's. Like despite all the shit that happened at home and all that fucking shit, still had straight A's. Still would kill it on any extracurricular that I did. Mm-hmm. And I hit a point where I like, Right before I moved out of my parents' house, I think it was like age 15. I think everything happened to me in like five-year chunks. I think it was age 15 that I started to realize like life is short and I'm not going to be tied down to this shit and I don't care what people think and I just went total punk ass. That's when I started turning like the punk goth kid in school. I went from being like the weird, dorky, artistic, quirky, like wears like three-layered skirts and a million necklaces and denim vests covered good in patches. In high I went from that like weird, hippie, dorky, whatever, you're gross, all your clothes are hand-me-downs and bullshit yeah. and you're poor and we hate you because you're poor and your parents are crazy. I went from that Dude. to like punk ass, come at me, I will fucking fight you. Oh, I would sit in the corner drawing all this fucking amazing shit. We would have been friends, you and I. And listening to like the darkest <laughs> metal that I could find and I'm like I listen to the most brutal shit on the planet and I'd be like oh what is that nonsense yeah I went total I just stopped giving a fuck and it was a great feeling. Yeah, who like, fucking cares? Because, like, anybody that you're scared like, of at that like, point, yeah, like, like, get the fuck exactly. out. Like, you don't belong. You're not like me. Yeah, and I had this moment <laughs> where I went from I went from being, like, the, the nerd to being just a fucking asshole. Honestly, like, if you cross me, I would just be like, what the fuck ever. Yeah. And, like, I, re- I realized later on that, like, I would, like, I played the victim for a little bit when I graduated high school. And I was like, wait, I got me fun of him. And I was like, I, I did make get made fun of, uh, like, you know, for most of it. And then I was a dick. <laughs> I was a total dick because they fucking deserved it. And I take none of it back. Mm. It's like, you fight fire with fire. You're yeah, bully you get the me. dick. Yeah, yeah. You're going to bully me. I can't run away from it. I can't move away from here. All right. I'm going to be the fucking worst nightmare you've ever had. I'm going <laughs> to piss you off. I'm just going to be better than you in every fucking way. Like, the minute I started, like, uh, it was just a fucking good fit. I'm waiting. Like, if I have, like, a 10-year reunion, like, what? <laughs> and it's weirdly, happen. No, and weirdly enough, some people have been really nice, and they're the ones that, that like, don't get put in this category because they've, like, messaged me later. Like, hey, I've, like, followed your work since high school. Like, you're really cool. I can't believe, like, I saw you. In, or, like, people, like, I saw you on this TV show. I saw you in this music video. Is that you? Like, yep, that's me. Like, oh, my God, no way. I'm like, yep, whatever. Yep. Just, yep. just another gig. Just another day. And they're, like, jaw to the floor. And I'm like, whatever. And it's just a good fucking feeling. It it is. It's very rewarding. And I remember, like, my last year of high school, like, when I had the apartment, suddenly, like, this graduation time, where do you party? Oh, I got an apartment. And all these people that would fucking make fun of me 
Like, the same kids, like, I remember, like, the same, like, two boys that lived near my friends that would always fucking bully us and like, literally throw piss-filled water balloons at our house. Ew! Were begging at our doorstep with, like, bottles of vodka and weed, like, please let us in to party, and we're like, come on in! Party! And they become, they became friends of ours. It's funny. Oh, man, like, I they thought you were, like, you were going to have to put them through the initiation and throw oh, no, a no, piss no. balloon at um, them first. So do you know what I did? How do you fucking like it now, motherfucker? The, the, the boys that <laughs> threw the piss balloons at my friend's house... I'm I'm a salty bitch, and there's a reason it's vengeance designs. Yeah. Um, if you cross me, you're gonna get it times three. So the piss water balloons were awful. Um, I kept disgusting. a so I kept a tuna salad lunch for like weeks in my lunch to keep it like nasty and rotten. Nice. I don't know why I did this specific series of events. I think I was literally just like really angry, and like I had no like creative means to channel anger, and I just. I waited to the point where I was sitting um, at behind this dude on the bus, and I waited till we were getting off the bus so I could walk right behind him. Oh no! And as he's getting off the bus, I stabbed him in the back of the neck with a pencil, put him to the ground, and took the rotten tuna and smashed it in his face. I do not want to cross him ever. And I just like ran, and I and then I ran. I fucking ran, ran right to the house. Of course, they knew where I was, but I was like, all right. We sat inside, like waiting for them to see if they come, and they fucking come. And this was like we were really young. This was like literally like school bus. This must have been like first or second grade. You know, this was young. So this is when like I didn't have any, and because my parents were kind of like get go. That was kind of here's it is funny because when it was way back when all of my childhood antics, like the sad part is because my parents weren't like, didn't know how to parent. But it's comical. Like, I was never really harmful. It was funny. Like I was the kind of kid that because no one taught me that I needed to wear clothes, I'd run around naked and be like, wee, just like swing my fucking thing around because I fucking cares. Like I, I, my parents took me to church when I was younger, and they went to a born again Christian church, and I remember they made me sit in for. Um, like the, what's what they call again? The thing where they talk to you for a long time. I don't know. I call it seminar. There's a church word for it. That whole thing where they talk at you a long time. But they did that speaking in tongues thing. And I'm a kid. So all I see was like, the Lord's going to speak to us. And some guy stands up like, blah, 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 blah. And someone goes like, the Lord is, he's saying, da, da, da. And, I'm like, and I'm watching like, this is cool. I'm a kid. So I'm like, this is hilarious. I want to play. So I sit up like, blah, blah, blah. They're like, Kate Kale's down. I'm like, no, the Lord's speaking to me too. I'm playing too. Blah, 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 blah. And just like, my mom is sitting there just like, oh. Yeah. And I'm like, what's wrong? I don't, yeah, I don't get it. You're viewing it what's with, your, wrong? with your childlike innocence. Yeah. That's what it looks like. When you like break down every bullshit, that's why like when you see me being it. like Harley and being all these weird characters, it really is me at the most core me. Like just loving ridiculous situations and loving anything over the top and anything that's like theatrical in real life. And that's been me since I was a, a oh, child. Oh, I can tell. Like, all those theatrical things and like, and even like, <laughs> even some of the diva things. Like my one diva story, I'll tell. You, I'm I'm really not much of a diva, but when I want to be the superstar. Fuck you if you try and take my fucking spot. Like, I will cut you. And I remember, like, I never had any fancy birthday parties. Because, like, my, my, there was, it, was, it was weird. It was, like, young age was, like, my, grand, my grandparents took care of me. Then my parents were good parents when I was, like, young, young kid. And then at age, age 10, they were just, like, messing. I'd take care of them. During those five years where they were awesome parents, they threw me a really good birthday party. And I had this beautiful dress. And my hair was all done. And I'm, oh, like, I am the most beautiful princess. And it's my party. Yes. <laughs> then my cousin got there yes. and she's she's always been very beautiful me and her are super fucking tight if she watches this and she hears the story she's probably gonna fucking piss herself laughing because <laughs> like me and her become like fucking sisters I stay with her whenever I go home like she, oh. I consider her more family than my actual blood even if she's not my blood cousin just our moms are literally best friends since forever 
she walks in the door and like I had like you know I was kind of like cute I'd like put like puffy you know, pink cheeks and curly blonde hair. She had these, like, full Angelina lips and angry cheekbones and beautiful blue eyes and this long, long raven hair. And she came in in this, uh. in this long, beautiful, like, I was in this pink little princessy cupcake. And I didn't know at the time, like, of course, I have a penchant for the dark stuff, but she comes in this beautiful, long, um, purple velvet dress. Uh. She's, only, she was, she's, like, I think two or three years older than me, but she still was, like, a little more mature looking where I was, like, I still, I was at the age where I knew what I looked like in the mirror, but I didn't know what I was supposed to look like, but I still mm-hmm. knew she was prettier. And you and had this tuna sandwich I, you've been saving nope. for weeks. <laughs> nope, I just threw a tantrum. I was literally like, like, no, I would not leave the room until she changed. Oh, I'm like, man. I literally, I would not go to the party until she changed dresses because I was so upset that everyone would be looking at her and looking at me and it was my birthday and my party. Oh, shit. And I was like, and I've never, like, I'm not like, you know me, I'm not like that as a person. No, but, no, like, no. But, like, during the few, but, but when I know, but that's the thing, like, a birthday, when I know I'm allowed to have a spotlight, I take that spotlight. Like, when I'm on stage with my band, I know I'm allowed to be there. Mm-hmm. If I'm in a show and there's another band and I know the song, I'm not going to storm the stage and grab the mic and take their spotlight. You're not going to Kanye them, yeah. yeah. I'm not yeah. going to Kanye anybody. I even, felt, I even felt like a dick when I was at, like, a street fair and someone was singing X's and O's, and I start singing along, and I just realized even me singing in the crowd is louder and better than the one that was singing, and I'm like, and she starts looking at me and giving me a look, and I was like, oh, shit. I, and I'm just trying to sing while I have a good time. I'm like, oh, steal the spotlight. Sorry, steal the spotlight. But you know, some people wouldn't even give a fuck. They just go in there and take the goddamn spot and be assholes. I'm not that asshole. But when it's like a birthday or an event that you're supposed to be the focus and someone takes it away, I'm like, no, mine, I'm a princess. Tantrum. Don't be prettier than me. Take off that dress. Wait, so oh, it's, it's totally fine. She's, she's beautiful. It was well-deserved. No, I'm glad you guys are still getting along. That's awesome. Oh, no, she was the one I, I lived with when story. I was... Even when... It, we, didn't, we didn't get along. We lived together, actually, because oh, yeah. we, were, we were at those ages where, like, we were going through... Like, she was out of school and, like, living, like, a more comfortable life. I was still in school, and, like, I had a boyfriend that was also, like, the, the punk... Like, he was the male version of me in school. He was the punk ass. Like, I fell in love with him because he was streaking across the pep rally yelling, freshmen suck, and he was a freshman. <laughs> so, he's... Telling I everyone suck. that he sucks. He runs across, and I was like, oh. "You suck as well." Do you don't you? Understand. But like when me and when me and my cousin lived together, like I it was just like suck. we were in a one bedroom. Oh, that's a whole other story. He fucking sucks. He's the biggest <laughs> dick ever. He is not okay. He I, sucks so I, I, hard. I, I hope I hope that he still like insta stalks me and fucking sees this shit and then cries and masturbates because he knows he fucking fucked up. Use your tears as lube. He fucked up Jesus. and he knows it. Oh, I fucked up so bad. His life is miserable. Makes me so happy. So wait, let me tie that in. This is this is fucking great <laughs> I'm like this is I'm like uh, you're getting so I, much you're getting so you wanted an origin story oh, you're yeah, getting yeah, a deep yeah, origin yeah, yeah. story this is a thick ass comic but no so so but I'm yeah I also want to play to, to <laughs> some of the fans of, of the podcast but I don't give a fuck actually at this point it's, it can be long it's so funny it can be a long it's so podcast. funny it's awesome but uh, so many stories so when it comes to, like I said I'm trying to tie it into the world of fetish but mm. like so this can tie into fetish let me ask you a quick question and this this will actually it would probably take you on another path, uh, but you can tie it into the back. So, people always uh, ask, "Hey, so and so makes such a good um, kind of a dom persona, or so and so is is good at being more submissive." But I don't think I could ever really like peg you like down to, to any one of those roles. Do you have? You, specific... you probably you probably couldn't peg yeah. me, Santi, but we don't have that kind of relationship God damn anyway. It. <laughs> That is what I was thinking. Yes. I was like, right peg you. Into the moment that. I said Santi. that, the moment I said that, I uh, walked right into that. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, that's whole, okay. Well, I guess I guess what I'll say is, um, 
like sex is very special to me and fetish personal fetish is very special to me so weirdly enough a, a lot of and I don't want to be a it's, 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 I don't mean this to be a buzzkill because everything is a fetish to me and I love everything I shoot and everything that I do the fetishes that I sexually get off on the most are not the ones that I shoot exactly. because that would probably make me more uncomfortable not in the long run I still want to shoot everything but it has to be in a context where I'm in control where it's my idea and I'm doing it because I want to not because I need the money and someone's yeah, paying yeah. me to um, so like that's why I don't do hardcore work for example that's why I don't do any kind of porn that's why I don't do stuff with like vibrators because I actually react to those those will give me like actual orgasms and sometimes they're not very pretty sometimes it's way better to have like a lighter thing where you can actually like perform and like look hot like you're selling a fantasy sometimes you're not like always selling actual sex mm. you know you're, it's, it's to me it's like the same thing about burlesque. It's a tease. I don't want to give away the full orgasm. I don't want to give away the full sex. I want it to be a tease. Mm-hmm. I want them to not know what it's like to fuck me. Like, I want that to be a mystery because that's how you find that out is getting to know me. Like, I can't just give all that away. Yeah. Fuck that. It, it's then part there's, of the Then hunt. there's nothing left of the actual person, you know, and that's the one of the hardest things that I'm sure every fetish model deals with. This is a topic I actually love to talk about because and porn it's stars a big too, problem. To a degree. Is it's so easy to get fetishized. And when you're dating, when you're in relationships and you do this kind of work, you end up in two situations. You end up with people that want to control what you do because they're afraid of it. And because they're afraid of it, they don't want to understand it at all. They will emotionally manipulate you to get you to stop doing it. And you've all seen happen to models. Oh, they, they get some new boyfriend. We were just literally talking about this like four yep. days ago. It's so true. You get some new boyfriend, and suddenly their limits change because they're so in love. And these guys will fucking gaslight them to make them believe that what they're doing is wrong and dirty and disgusting, and they'll stop doing it. Mm-hmm. Then you have the type of guys that will think you're the best thing ever because they see you as a character. They see you as like an animated character. You are this fetish goddess, and they don't treat you like a real person. They don't respect you like a real woman. They don't think about your needs, about your wants. They don't think about, you know, caring for you. You are exactly you are a pleasure bot because they see you online. They see this thing, and they will come at you like, oh my god, you're so amazing, and they'll they'll say all these things to you. You're like, oh yeah, I am. And it's so easy for those types of guys to woo fetish models. And so many girls I know end up with these kind of totally cliche fuck boys, where they fed. And I remember. When I had to, this one I one I dated last year for like only a couple of weeks, and I started to notice that trend that he always wanted to see photos of what I was doing, and always like like all my stuff and loved everything I was doing, but he never wanted to come to any shows. He never wanted to go out anywhere together. Really, he always wanted to keep kind of under wraps. Red flag, red flag. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember I. I know, and I don't, I'm no bullshit anymore with that stuff. I'm not going to waste my time if someone's, like, if we're going to be casual, we're going to be casual. If we're going to not be serious. But, like, you can't treat me like I'm so amazing or whatever and then not want to be serious. And so, you, and, and you got to have a reason. And I remember talking to him and being like, hey, so what's the deal here? Because you seem really into me, but then you're acting kind of distant sometimes, but also clingy sometimes. I don't understand. And his response was like, well, he's like, I'm so enamored with everything you do. Like, everything you do is so amazing. It's, like, I'm, it's so fucking awesome. I just, like, I have these gels issue so I can't date someone that does what you do because it makes me act differently. What the but fuck? I'm obsessed with what you do and I'm like By jealousy do I'm you like, mean insecurity? I'm like, okay, so you finish with what I do but you can't I think that's take what it you seriously really as a real job. Like you can't you, you can't you take me home to mom word, yeah. because I, fetish I, work is not real work. Sex no work way. is not real work. Like that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, no it's not. No, like he's like he would describe a fetish and like saying that fetish I'm like that's what a fetish is. Mm. You motherfucker. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. And so that is why I don't put my own personal, 
like I'll, I'll talk a little about what I'm sexually into. I'll, I'll throw a few teases out there, but I keep that very under wraps. Yeah. And I will tease it to death. But if you want to find out for real, you want to know things. if I'm top or bottom, you want to know what, I, I mean, I'll, yes, I'm clearly a switch, but I'm down the middle switch. And you got to know what makes me switch. You don't know which side of me you're going to get. And, oh, for you sure. know, like, Unless there's they a, deal with and you on a personal if you level. get, to, if you take time to get to know me, there's a way to get the one side or the other. You can pull you're, you're either like side a, out of me if you really want to, but you gotta fucking pay attention. It's like a sexy magic Pay ball. attention. Damn right. Test fail. No, but, uh, so... More like a sexy Pandora's box. Yeah. Hey. That's good, too, yeah. Mm-hmm. What a do thing to say for me. I was like, sexy magic eight ball. That's like the best I could fucking... Of course you're oh. a do thing balls. <laughs> I don't want to think box. No! I didn't even think... God Where damn it. Where's the... Oh, there's no other wine. Is there, is there, is there a wine supply? I'm getting used to it. No, so there was, there was a... I enjoy every fetish that I, that I shoot, though. Like, I don't want people to think that, like, I... If I don't enjoy... Even if it's, like, a stupid fetish, if I can't get into the headspace of the people that like it and, like, but do you feel, feel what they feel, I don't want to shoot it like do you feel I that? love wrestling I love sleepy I love yeah I love the giant testa balloons are fun latex is fun like anything that I can do fun acting with that people are gonna enjoy seeing and like if I can make them happy it makes me happy but do you feel that revealing your own personal fetishes would be more like a, a loss of power to a degree or no not, not a loss of power it's it's actually it's more empowering that I'm so confident and all those things that I don't want to necessarily give it away. I kind of like it being a tease. And that's oh, good can, too. No, some things I you mean, want to stay personal. I about. can get, like, yeah. I mean, when we talk, it's not like this is going public. When we talk more personally because you guys are my friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll, you'll hear all, all about it. And I'll, I'll go into a few stories. Like, okay, here's a good one. Um, so let's talk about my first fetish ever. The first one I ever realized I have, and that is fucking in public places. And here we um, go, y'all. Here we go. So back to back to the crazy high schoolness. So um, even though I hate disgusting, he's a piece of shit. I had a lot of fun with my high school boyfriend in high school because that was great. It was a whole. That's what high school's for. Word of advice: Never date your high school boyfriend past high school. Just don't do it. Unless they're like one of those random unicorns that's the best person ever and you're satisfied <laughs> with your first fuck and your first everything being your forever person, then kudos to you. I will never judge. But to 99% of the human population, do not date your high school so boyfriend that would literally or girlfriend be past high school. Go to, you know what you should do? Yeah. Go, to, go to college, go to your, your things, break up gracefully, and revisit it once you're adult. And if you really care about each other, you'll be different people and you'll either mesh or you're not going to like each other at all because you are not the person you ever are going to be in high school. You're still no. learning who you are. And yeah. then that but would it should be, still be a great learning experience. That would be, according to what you told me in terms of the definition, that would actually be your bae. Her bae. Before bae. I, I didn't know that it meant before anyone else. Well, actually, I did not lose my virginity to my high school boyfriend, so ah. he was not quite before anyone else. Ooh. Uh, that was I don't count that, though. That was literally... Well, that's, that's another one. That's a secondary story. How I lost my virginity. Oh, it's so a fu- fun story. So, so fucking in public. So, so fucking in public yeah, is the first um, fetish I was I had. It's kind of. I, was, I lost my virginity on a cruise ship <laughs> to a boy I met on the cruise ship. Ooh. Um, and I met him the first night, and he was this cute skater kid. He was tall, curly blonde hair and glasses, you know... Tall, skinny, white boy, and kind of nerdy. I have Adorkable. A type. Adorkable. I have a type. Um, <laughs> and I kind of like... The cruise is one of those things where um, I didn't get out much. You know, poor as fuck. So how do I end up on a cruise? My best friend in high school, middle school, even though me and her had a falling out later in life, you know, we were fucking inseparable when, you were, when we were younger. And her parents, they weren't loaded, but her dad had good money. And he would go on cruises every once in a while. And he would kind of just go off and drink and do his own thing. So he couldn't just bring her alone. You know, so he would allow her to bring a friend, and he'd pay for it. And for most of the time, she picked me. 
So I got to go on these three beautiful cruises with my best friend when I was younger. Even though me and her don't talk, I still look back on those times as great memories. Um, and uh, I met this boy, and uh, I just thought he was really cute. Mm-hmm. And we hung out the whole time I was there. And I had this, like, the last night there, we were being really cuddly and cute. Like, we had made out, like, once. And I was thinking, like, I was 16, and I was like, I'm going to probably start having sex soon. Like, I've done all the other stuff. <laughs> like... This, like and I, I want to do something logical. memorable. And I was like, I want this to be memorable. Like, I'm probably not going to know. I'm like, I'm probably not going to ever see this guy again. But oh, what, the one thing I know about losing virginity is that usually it's awkward and weird. Oh, it's, so, it's awful. I feel like the last thing I want to do is do that with, like, Mine someone that I really anyway. care about and, like, really like. What if I embarrass myself? Like, I don't know what sex is. I'm like, am I going to pee on them? What's going to happen? <laughs> what are, I mean, what are, what are orgasms? <laughs> you know? I, I know, but when you're young and you're still learning, when you're at that age, you're still learning, like, how to like have an orgasm without embarrassing yourself what and like is let orgasm? go? Like so many <laughs> girls, it's so hard to learn how to just let go. You don't learn that for a while. When you're having sex. You're just learning about well, how does I please partner? How does they please me? What do our things do? Like, when you're masturbating thing. with teddy bears and pillows, like it's a different story. <laughs> you're just humping you actually... your teddy bear, like. Uh, uh. <laughs> but um, so me and high school boyfriends, um, you know, we didn't really have any place we could have sex once we started having sex, but um. Oh, yeah, so I mean, all, all that happened on the cruise ship was basically to bring it back to that, which is we ended up having sex, and it was uh, cute, but really cute. awkward. Like, he just kind of propped me up on the, the, the sink in the bathroom of the... I mean, he, he, it, was, it was in his room on the cruise ship, but all of his, like, the people he was with, it was his brother. That was him his brother's room, I think. And, they like, weren't in the room, were No they? one was there. No, 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 <laughs> no one was there. But we didn't want to do anything, but we didn't want to do anything like on the beds or anything, so we kind of went in the bathroom and closed the door, that way in case anyone came in, we could just be like, oh, we took a shower or something, I don't know. Nice, huh? Uh, yeah, exa- exactly. A very, we, were, a very, we didn't think it through, but it very was... Very orgasmic shower. It was, it lasted all, like, like a few seconds. It was super quick. It was like, up on the fucking sink, oh, there's a thing inside of me, okay, well, I've done this before with objects and things, okay, this is a human, Yay! Okay. That's it? Yeah. And I was like, that's a sex. Oh, no. And I was like, okay. That was dumb. All right. Bye. And I left. I went and I went back and it was whatever. And no, um, losing your virginity is just like paving the way. Yeah, exactly. For good sex but, like, to come. It didn't have to be good sex. It was just a good story. You know? That it was yeah, a but whole like you got, you, you got that like, The only thing I felt bad about was that he found me on MySpace and was all like, like, you're going to be my girlfriend and we're going to get married. Da, da, da. I'm so happy with my virginity to you. He's from South Carolina. Oh, really isn't that cute? Yeah, he had a really cute. So I felt cute. really bad, and I'm like, I'm sorry, but I'm like, I'm not. I'm time to visit you. Like, I do like you, but like, I don't know. This is not a thing. Like, I thought you understand this is temporary because I met you on a cruise ship down in Florida, like, and you live in North, sorry, in South Carolina, and I live in fucking Massachusetts. Not that there's nothing wrong with that, y'all. I'm just saying. No, but it was. I felt really, really bad. Like, and in, in after that, because I, I guess I didn't see Virginia as being special. He did. I do feel bad about that, but it was still a fun experience. Hopefully, now he's not butthurt about it. But um, later on, when I was with high school boyfriend, um, we had nowhere really we could have sex. Like, I couldn't bring him home to my parents' house. My parents' house was not a safe place. His parents did not like me because I was known by having the crazy parents. So, Gonna have like, to start I was at back pariah. The car. Yeah. Well, I, I had a car. So, that was the first thing we would do. So, um, I had a really shitty car. <laughs> but um, one time. I fucking like, called it, didn't I? Yeah. I had sex a. Sex in the backseat. Sex in the, that was that's only half of it. Oh, girl, there's more than that. Um, so, sex in the backseat of the car, parked anywhere we could park discreetly. Usually at night, we go to the go to the park in the parking lot in a corner somewhere. We would go to the school sometimes. At night, we would go anywhere we could park discreetly and fuck and hope that no one would see the car. Kind of because it was it was also it was an '87 Honda hatchback. 
So it was the smallest oh, little car but ever. Hatchback that's like a room enough room enough though, like to like get in the back seat and just like spread out a little bit. We could be more mm-hmm. in the front seat and kinda of lay it back and that way you can kinda of just get on top and just like bounce around and shit. Even more, a lot easier. more or just, room for or, or like your face you're bent over into your face <laughs> in the back seat, but your butt's like coming out the front so they can like kinda of hover. It's the kind of thing that if anybody saw it, it would look horrifying. <laughs> but everything's getting to the place it's supposed to be and everything feels great for us, so we don't fucking care. But, uh, <laughs> like half a cheek hanging out the so, fucking hands so it wasn't, it wasn't just sweating the window, just, just like streaking all the steam off. This of is it. also the point in high school where I got this. I was in that punk don't give a fuck stage, and I hated the school, I hated everyone in the school. Oh, I did too. We made it our mission to we fuck in as many up. places. We fucked in so many places around that school. Uh, classrooms, yeah. fuck that school. teachers' lounge, fuck that school. the private bathroom, fuck that school. Many places in the gymnasium. Fuck okay. that school. In- no, she literally fucked that school. We yeah, fucked that did. school. That's why I'm saying it. And <laughs> it gets better. So my high school boyfriend got expelled from school because of one of our little incidents that we got busted for, not in the act. So um, when I was still trying to like, I was, like during the last few years of high school, I was going back and forth between like I love art, I love art, but I gotta do science because science is money. Art, science, art, science. So I was doing all science classes, but I was an art TA in the art room, so I could, you know, get these private lessons and do more art stuff and have access to the studio to work after hours and still do the art. So Ooh, yeah. we would fuck in there a lot, <laughs> and we, we fucked in the closet one time, and he threw the condom in the trash can, but it was after the janitor had already took the trash out. Oh, no. So the condom was the only thing in the trash can. So the teacher comes in in the morning, so we, we closed up. And we didn't even think. The teacher comes in in the morning and looks in the trash can, and there's literally a cum-filled condom just sitting in there. And there was no one else in the room but me and him. Like I was. Wait, what kind of teacher she just digging in trash? Like I don't think she was digging. It was like one of those open waste. It's like a waste basket. Oh. That yeah. was like think of think of art rooms. You don't have like trash cans. You no, have no, waste yeah. baskets for like pencil shavings and stuff. So it's she one of those. to go like throw away a piece of paper. And she was like, "What's that?" We, we were stupid. We literally threw it in a waste basket where it's clearly visible. We thought the janitor was gonna come and like, uh, like you're you're fucking your knees down. We were thinking. We did wrap it. We did wrap it, Jackie. Wrap it again. Fucking double wrap that shit. Point is, no, we no, 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 no. I just like that she said next time, like, like next week. <laughs> it was, it was a, next, time you, next time you go fucking nah, closet. There's, there's no reason. It's definitely a bad lapse of judgment. And there's no janitor around, like, fucking cover up your tracks. <laughs> but, uh, I remember the, ne- the next day, we both got called to the principal's office, and I'm like, what is this about? And, like, we got called, like, because we were, he was a year younger than me, so we were not in the same class. So I got called out, called out of the classroom, I was like, what did I got called out for? And I go in there, and he's sitting there with the principal, and I'm like, what? The, he's like, sit down. I'm like, oh, oh shit. Okay. Yeah. And he was talking about it. And I was like, my face. I was like, oh, fuck. Like, so we found something in the art room closet. And I was Did like. Did he give you a birds and the bees speech? No. Um, they <laughs> didn't need to at that point. <laughs> they scolded us. Then they asked him hey, to Hey, at leave. least you guys were using no, protection. This is fucked up. They. Uh, You're doing the right thing. We were. Being responsible. And to be honest, it was my idea. This was all like my crazy like fetish thing. This was not him. Like he was going to just fucking knock the part anywhere. And I was like, no, no, no. It's fucking, that's not good enough. Fucking it's, school. Anarchy. We're going to fucking like, I want to like wipe your fucking dick come all over the fucking wall. <laughs> like fuck this place. Fuck this trash hole. I want to fucking like grab my fucking pussy juice and smear on the window like Titanic. Oh my hey, god. Hey Santa, you asked for it. You're hey. not you're not going to your 10 year reunion at this point. I am. <laughs> I am. I'm gonna show up in a latex gown with a link to this podcast on a fucking USB drive and like fucking making it rain on these bitches. 
Is there, like, what, it's gonna what, be like a what are they gonna do? Throw fish at me? It's gonna be like a Titanic motif, and there's gonna be like a pile of like rotting tuna in the corner. No, that's like, like I said, the people from my high school that are still awesome, I still think they're awesome, and they still know they're awesome, and I still hang out with them because they're fucking awesome. They know who they are. They're a small handful of people, and they are great people. Everyone else can go fuck themselves. Yeah. And some of them still insta stalk me, and I love it. Some of them don't give a fuck, and I don't give a fuck, and it's great. But back in high school, I definitely didn't give a fuck. And I had no choice back then. I had to deal with those people every day. I had to be around them every day. So I hit that point where I was going to have fun with it. And me and him were super in love and having our, like, little crazy, young, stupid spree. And that was our thing. Like, we fucked everywhere. We eventually got caught for it. And the fucked up thing was the principal asked him to leave and, like tried to basically put the blame on him. It was like, we like we know he, because he was like failing out of everything. And I had all A's still, despite being a punk ass. Even when I changed phases, I still graduated with a fucking 4.0. Like I was on point with that shit. And they knew that. And our school didn't have a great reputation for putting people in college. Scandalous. So they didn't want to like expel me or suspend me. They wanted to blame him on everything. So they were trying to like get me to testify that he raped me. Whoa, what? Whoa, yeah. whoa. And Where? I was like, Actually, it was my idea. Like, he's my boyfriend. I love him. We're having fun. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I know it was a mistake. I will like, never. Sorry, you're a I'm woman like, and he's a man. So I told him, I'm like, I'm like, we will never do it again. It must be coerced. That was a lie. But by the way, we told him we would never do it again. And he meant, because here's the thing. He got spelled. I got suspended for a week. That was it. But he's got expelled. He had to get a GED and everything. He never oh, graduated man. high school because of me. Oh my god! God damn. Well, bro. like I said, after what he what he did to me later on in life, and what he like did to me like literally last year, I am so thankful I did that. Fuck you. Um, and if you're listening, fuck you. If you're listening, fuck you. But not fuck, fuck you, you because my pussy is way too good for you, and you know that. <laughs> and, and I he, know. And, and he just came. Yeah. He knows that. He knows. There's tears on the floor. That was one good thing is like after after the whole high school bullshit, we went back and like I went back to town like years later and we definitely and we did hook up. And I remember him, the one comment, he was like laying there like, I don't know how this is possible. I think your pussy is tighter than it was in high school. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> like Kegels, bitch. Pretty much, yeah. I do them nervously and it's fucking paid off apparently. <laughs> I do. I sit there, I'll do kegels just when I get bored. I mean, I'm doing them right now. We're doing them right now. I'm doing mine right now. Santi's, Santi's doing butthole kegels right now. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Jack are doing both whole kegels right now. <laughs> but I, I, can, I can make my... I can, jealous? Yes. My, my, my morning leavings are in perfect star shapes. But, uh, that, so after the whole spell thing, I was kind of scared <laughs> to keep doing that whole fucking public places thing because... You know, you can go to, like, serious jail for that. <laughs> oh, I just serious said jail. my poop is, like, star-shaped, and you were, like, you stepped on that. You're like, oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> anyway. I don't care about your star poops. No, that's okay. No one they does. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a star poop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a motherfucking star poop. Oh, look what you done. Look what you done. I'm, I'm, I'm a star poop. Look behind you. So, yeah, so that, that's, one, that's one story for you, for you okay, guys. I so liked to fuck in public places, and I did a lot in high school, mm-hmm. and I got my high school boyfriend expelled, and I got myself suspended for fucking in the art room closet and leaving Conda behind. And guess what? That story is so famous. During that visit, when I went home, like, this was like seven, I think this was like last year, so like seven years later after me and him had split up, that I went home, and we hung out, we hooked up, we went out to a bar where a lot of townies hang out, and someone recognized us both. Like, oh, yeah, I was in high school with you guys. I didn't recognize them at all because people have changed so much. And frankly, people have done so many hard drugs that their faces look nothing like they did in high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so bad. Heroin's, so scary. Heroin's but... a real problem. And everyone should talk about it, especially Massachusetts. Oh. Don't do heroin. <laughs> don't. You will die. So anyway. Drugs are bad. Um, drugs are really bad. Massachusetts, don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. Don't. Stop. Drugs are bad. But we got recognized and... 
they were talking, and the guy's like, wait, he's like, I remember, didn't you guys get caught for, like, fucking in school or something? Oh, my God, it's you guys. Hey, you guys, it's them. And I'm like, oh. oh. And this is one of my first times back in my hometown in a while. And I'm sitting there at the bar, like, with him, like, what is my life? Mm-hmm. Like, this is not a good decision. <laughs> How do people still know this story? But I'm also kind of a little bit proud of that, that in my high school crazy sex fiend phase, I got, like, Gloucester famous for fucking in the closet. <laughs> well, shit. Yeah, right. so that was that was my first ever. Like I said, it's not a fetish I can really indulge in much anymore. And it's kind of lost its flair because the real fear of getting caught is actually legitimately scary because I have a life that I care about. I don't want to go to jail. Yeah. You know, it's I more risk. like a, like, if I can get away with a place where you're not supposed to, but you're not going to go to jail if you get caught, I will. Like, I remember I was at a party once where there was this, uh, I ended up fucking the DJ, and there was this, like, area in between the two rooms. There was, like, a spinning, um, like, you go in, and the door spins and closes, and then it opens the other side. But if you make them both close, it becomes, like, a little cylinder that's closed off. Ooh, secret room. Yeah, so we kind of made it into a secret room and fucked in there while the party was happening. Yes. So stuff like that, because you're already at a party. They're not going to, like, arrest you for fucking. They're just going to be like, get out of here, you're smart. Gross. Like, I've been, I've been to a party where other people are, like, fucking on the dance floor, and I'm like, really? And they don't get arrested. They just get shooed out of there with a water hose. <laughs> so, I will totally indulge in like my weird like give you a blowjob in the bathroom at the fancy New York nightclub or the fancy New York restaurant type thing nowadays. But that's really all I can do because otherwise. So what what could they really arrest you for? Is public it just indecency? like there's a couple that end up fucking exposure? There's a couple that was like fucking under a towel at a beach and end up getting jail time for it because they're at a public beach. But like if it's under a towel and you're not really showing anything, doesn't matter. Like those kids are at people. Laws are fucked. It's whatever. It is whatever. Europe is so free about shit. It's funny in America. We're like, oh, sexuality. Ew. And I'm like, get over it. Love your pussies. Pussy. Blah. Yeah, this this country is backwards. I don't know if it's we... Ass, it's backwards. We're not getting into that. Backwards. Yeah, I don't know if, if this is the right time and place to get into I'm not going to get into like politics. Because if, if I get into politics, I'm going to go fucking ranting. And Mero, I don't know if no, 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 no. I'm going to keep it on friendly fetish and stuff that's like relatable to everybody and not a sour topic. Yeah, we're not going to go there. Don't okay, worry. So we just vetoed politics. So on that we passed note, the bill and the bill is no politics. I, the Wrangler has On that in. note. No, so yeah, this is this is great. But uh, so th- this is fantastic. But what I want to do is definitely want to keep it in terms of like... Did, so I, I told a story. I, I told a fact. No, no, story. that was what, really what, good. What else you got? <laughs> I, got, I, got I got more of those. I got so many stories. Gotta, you got to pull the right ones out of me. No, no. Um, so there's so much to pull out of you. She got it. <laughs> That's another story too. It's a ho- okay. Sounds like this one. So I did a show at Sapphire as Harlequin. And, um, so I really wanted to do. See, at Sapphire, when we do our fetish shows. You can't show like any kind of actual nudity, like other than just your tits out. But they want us to do extreme fetish shows. But we have we work in a very weird window of like you can't show like your pussy or whatever. But they want to show like fake sex, but you it can't like. So it's like, so like it's like the Cinemax. Yeah, so like, a girl will have a strap on and bend the other girl over her humping her, but the strap is like just between her legs, and she's just like making it look like it's happening. And guys, are, and guys are drunk enough that they don't care, so we're not breaking any rules. But they're like, oh my god, you guys never guess what I saw at Sapphire. Oh, 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 Chad. Um, I guess that's a Chad says. But um, so we did it for the Suicide Squad opening. And um, we did a whole Harley Joker scene. And I'm I really proud this. of this. I saw it. I saw it on your Facebook. So, I fucking watched so what, it. So what the actual plot was, it's was like an- my friend Vanka was Lady Joker. And uh, 
it was like the interrogation scene with me as Harleen with the, the business attire and the glasses and the regular hair up. Mm-hmm. And we're doing the whole inter- like interrogation okay, scene. Um, and she's like getting all sexy on me and I'm getting all nervous. And she ends up, she like looks at the guard, who was, was Audrey, who pins me down, mm. strips me into the Harley thing. Wifey. We did a whole, yeah, wifey, I love you, Audrey. We did a whole electro play scene with the violet wand. Nice. To kind of like play homage to the whole electro torture thing with Harley and Joker. Nice. And then um, the big finale was she was going to fake eat me out and I wanted to get one of those clown <laughs> scarves that like, but I wanted to pull it out of my pussy and you can't fake that shit you have to actually put it in your pussy and I'm like alright so how do you do this oh no this story gets good so it's already good we have like like this is this is an actual production where like all day before the show Warren will run around getting all the props we need and planning so he's, he's the going handkerchief to like, he's going to like Halloween costume and abracadabra and all these New York stores like we need a clown scarf that can be that can like be pulled out of someone's pussy and they're like Oh yeah, cool. We got that. And um, so the problem was he got the wrong kind of scarf. He got the kind of scarf that like it wasn't like, a pussy scarf. I wanted the one that starts off really tight and you pull it out and it expands because it looks like you're pulling giant scarf. Yeah. It, it basically is super compact mm-hmm. and they just expand as they come out. Long, 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 long. How did all that fit in there? Long, 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 long. Exactly. I wanted that. Instead, he got the one that has the ring in the middle that you're like you pull this. You have your scarf and you shove it in your hand and you pull it out and it's a different color. Whoosh, whoosh. Yeah. And all it is, it's a little ring in the middle yeah. with one long scarf on one side of, of two colors and then two colors on the other side. Shit. And I'm like, okay, we can still make it work. It's one long scarf. We'll just, you know, shove it all up there and pull it <laughs> pray. out. No, we don't shove it up. Okay. Shove and pray. We just, I, just, I didn't just shove a scarf in my pussy. It's a method. So we, we use <laughs> there, there we always use, um, a method. We use a female condom and basically Wait, what? a female condom. Like, what? not a diaphragm. It's like. It has, like, a ring inside of it. It goes inside. A diva cup? Not a diva cup. A female condom. A female condom is literally, like, a, a sheath of rubber that goes inside of you, and there's a ring at the end of it. Oh, wait. There's another word for this. It's not a diaphragm. It's called a femdom. A diaphragm is, like, a little cup that you shove up there that kind of, like, it's like a, it's like a stopper, like kind of like a diva cup. A female condom is literally, like, a rubber sheath. And the ring. Wait, do you have to put this inside of you? Yes. Like every time you have sex. Yeah, it, it's literally like the female equivalent. So you just like what? Like you put it on your finger and. I don't know. Like it's a lesbian thing. I could get into that more, but it's a thing. Why do lesbians have to worry about female condoms? I don't know. You, don't, if you're gonna fucking, <laughs> if you're gonna go to that extent, fucking put saran wrap on your pussy. That's how that's gonna go. It kind if of is like that. They're, if you're afraid not, of STDs, because you're sure more, shit not getting pregnant. I think they're more used like for porn and just in general for sexual safety. I don't like. I never used them in sex ever. I only knew they existed because I was trying to. The girl I asked a question. The reason I was trying to figure out is she has an act where she pulls, she doesn't, she's awesome. She has this possessed nun act where she pulls rosary beads out of her pussy. Oh my God. And that's how she did it. She put a female condom inside and basically it's like a rubber, like imagine, imagine a real condom, right. like put it on your fingers and shove it up inside of you. Yeah. But it's engineered it's, it's to be like that. Yeah. If you will. And the little ring on the end keeps it up there. So the, the problem that happened was I, apparently what you're supposed to do is put the female condom in first, kind of like creating like a pocket. Right. And then shove whatever object is inside there so it's inside the thing and not like touching your actual insides, you know? <laughs> and that way you also can pull it out and you don't have to worry about your insides. So I made the mistake of stuffing the scarf into the condom first and then just shoving the whole thing oh. up there. Oh. 
So we did oh. a stage show. So Ivanka goes, so we started. So she goes for the, the fake eating out thing, and she bites the end of the scarf, starts pulling, and she's going to a back bend while I'm, I'm holding the panties to not, you know, pull them aside. So it, that scarf had that ring in the middle. So she's pulling and pulling and pulling and pulling. She gets to the ring. It's stuck. It, like, my, my pussy, like, vacuum sealed shut, and the ring was bigger. And it wasn't, like, a sheet. It was, like, a, it was like a blocker. So it was, like, the ring was like this, and pussy was like this. And it was, like... <laughs> it was, I, like, you know, you'd, you'd have to put it flat, like, horizontal to slide it out. But I couldn't go inside and arrange it. I had to basically just pull. It's not coming out. We pull, scarf rips. And she just goes, Whoop! And we're just, like, yeah, we meant to do that. Dance. Yeah. Meanwhile, right. there's... Like, a, a large, wide ring at the very end of my pussy. Like, almost like going to tampons, like, halfway out. Mm-hmm. And I can feel it. Like, it was just, it, I'm like, I was freaking out in my head, but trying to dance and be sexy. So, you like. You play it off. I'm because so, once you have that realization of, like, oh, this is fucking wrong. I actually managed to, while I was dancing, I had my hand down there. I bent forward, all sexy. Reached in real quick. Pulled it out and held it in my hand, like a fist. Yeah, I planned for this. Yeah, and I like kept my hand like this at my at my side and danced around and exited with the condom full of the broken pussy scarf in my hand. Broken pussy and scarf. And nobody saw it. We don't have it on video. Like that was stealth. Nobody saw it. So yeah, I was trying to make a cool Harley fetish show by pulling a giant fucking scarf out of my pussy. And um, by getting the wrong broken a, pussy scarf, that's your a, next band. Yes, band actually, name. no. I, I ended up when I went to the, the the Max Sabbath show, I ended up telling that story to to one of the clown performers that gave me that, and I was like, oh, I was so mad. He's like, oh wait, I have one of those props, and gave me an extra <laughs> of the right of the right scarf. So I have the prop now because I've told the story, mm-hmm. and I got some clown help. So now I have the proper prop to do it again. The proper prop. The proper prop. Do it again if I ever decide to do a Harley thing where I pull a scarf out of my pussy because it's funny. Because well, it's, cl- it's clown business. Now I know what now I know what video I'm shooting tomorrow. Well, this is for my site, so I do have a say in this. So Jackie will pull a scarf out of my pussy. Yay! That's for my own private collection. Private collection. Okay. See another sex story out of me. No, that was good. That was good. Kind of. Sex performance. Sex work story. Okay. So we're gonna go through a list here real quick of. Okay. The questions. The questions. Any questions? (laughs) Yes, several. (laughs) All right. So we have a couple of questions that we get asked traditionally, and these guys ask him all the fucking time. Lay it on me. And uh, one of them is, out of all the fetish shoots that you've done, which one of them uh, have you refused to do, if any? Or which one of them you've done, but you still in the back of your head like, that was the wildest thing I've ever done in my life. Hmm. Wild bad or wild good? Oh, Cause, I mean, I don't because I don't want to. I don't want to label it as a negative thing because I, I don't. I don't want to make somebody. Well, here's the thing. Feel like their fetish have, is, is a bad thing because it's just you know. It's I not. can't. It's hard for me to see something as negative. There's no fetish so extreme that I'm going to see it as negative unless it's done in a way that disrespects my body or my boundaries or my will. So here's but, an example. Yeah. Here's an example. Like, I had a guy message me literally recently on Twitter that wants a really detailed hiccuping clip and I'm like, yeah. that's so fucking weird but if that's their fetish, cool. I yeah. want to make them happy mm-hmm. and I want to cater to them. So mm-hmm. I don't care if it's me literally like rubbing my belly and patting my head and singing the national anthem. If that makes them happy, I want to do that for them. Mm-hmm. Even if it's the weirdest thing ever, that never makes me uncomfortable. Exactly. It's more like um, so what people makes you have tried to yeah. trick me into more explicit work 
And that really pisses me off. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the one time I was at a shoot that it wasn't really a bait and switch, but it was definitely set up in a way to make it not seem very intense when it was intense. And they were relying on the girls already showing up and needing the money and just going along with it. And I did. And it wasn't anything explicit. It was a spanking shoot. And they said, it was, I told them, like, I don't do spanking. Like, it's not something I like doing. It's something that I will do in my personal life, but I have certain boundaries. Like, you know, when I'm in a certain zone, I have a really high pain tolerance. But as a model, I can't get marked up. Um, when I'm out of that zone, the aftercare I need is sometimes too much. And I don't, like, I have to work. Like, if I was to be topped, I have to work the top that's so skilled, they would know how to you know, inflict that kind of pain and not leave me marked. Mm-hmm. And most people running those kinds of shoots don't know how to do that. They're just going to wail on your ass and they don't care that you're bruised for three fucking weeks. And I didn't know anything about that. I just needed $600. And they offered me $600 for one spanking clip. And I was like, I cannot say no to that. Like, that's my rent right there. Mm-hmm. And I don't have a lot of other options right now. And this was like at least six years ago. So they advertise it like, it's a fun spanking shoot, just fun spanking punishment, but like just hand spanking, it's not that bad. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, on a hand scale of- spanking can be pretty brutal. brutal. On a scale of one to 10, I'm like, how bad? I'm like, it's a five. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I know in my head I have a high pain tolerance. I just didn't want to be marked up. I didn't know these people. And I'm like, this is something that I only do people I trust. And mm-hmm. it's weird for me to do as a fetish, but money. So I went, I went to the shoot. And I remember the moment I had that that decision where I'm like, I can either walk out right now or I can just do this and learn a lesson from the experience. Because it's not really negative. It's that they didn't violate me in any way. I consented to everything. But right. if I had known going in what it would entail, I would not have agreed to do it. And funny enough, the model that shot after me, because I stayed at the at the place and did a shoot with a foot footage producer in the same building that just did like glamour pantyhose stuff. Which was rough after I was so marked up and so like brutally spanked, and I'm sitting there doing these like glamorous stuff. Like I wish I could do like fucking six hours of this for the same six hundred bucks, and not just that thirty minute brutal clip. Because basically, it was like a whole scenario was like you're a bitchy model, and so you get punished, you know. But the minute I was bent over, and it was a, it was a dude that was later on I found out this dude's a well known like male dom because one of my female older dom friends knows him from the scene, so he was not some like random dude. He was like a skilled like spanker, so. Bend me over, like, no, I don't get punished. I'm being all playful, like, no, no, no. Suddenly, BAM! And I'm like, oh, shit. And I'm like, wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. I'm like, is, are, is this going to be the entire 30 minutes? Like, yeah, this is the intensity of our no. spankles. Like, can you handle this? And I'm like, no. Oh, shit. I have this moment where I'm like, I can just go into my head somewhere for 30 minutes and just let it happen. And like, no one's like penetrating me, no one's violating me. They're just basically beating the crap out of me. Which I can take. I can take a good beating. Yeah, but but it's, it's I like. But I want. I need to want it to enjoy it. Yeah. I didn't want it. So I wasn't gonna enjoy it. It's just my. I knew right. my. But I knew my body could take it. I knew my psyche could take it without making me feel traumatized or violated or used. I was not being used. I was given a choice to walk. And they offered. They said like because later on they told me like a lot of models you know like will you know decide not to when they realize how intense it is and we feel we're fair and describing whatever they they weren't assholes it's almost like they rely on the girls getting there and making that choice in that vulnerable position already so so he gave you like a sample slap and then you had a- we, we, were, we were already in the scene like they, we didn't have a sample slap we, were, oh, we did the that. whole scene and then by the time I bent over you know you do spanking you're like you tap tap you warm them up you're being all saucy and then eventually at the end of the scene you're spanking pretty hard but if you warm a butt up well enough and you spank properly you can make it really red and you can make a lot of noise and you're not going to leave them any marks yeah. and you can still spank them for 30 whole minutes I thought that's what I was doing I wouldn't enjoy it but I thought I would get away with it okay 
it was literally like spanking, torture. Like, and what I found later was they present the site they show you is like fun spanking. What they actually post is like spanking, torture, girls brutally spanked. So it's a bait and switch. Yeah. They present it like a playful thing, but once you get there, and, and I should have known that that kind of money was not going to be easy. You know, nothing is going to be that fucking easy. Mm-hmm. For that little time, for that much money, I'm like, there's a catch here. Mm-hmm. I knew that going into it. Mm-hmm. But I needed the money, and I was like, you know what? At the end, unless they're going to try and literally, like, like fucking throw me onto, onto a fucking machine, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to go through with this probably. That's and I, I did. I went through with it. So basically, I got the first smack, had a moment. I was like, this is going to be it. Like, yeah, like we, we can give you $100 if you want to walk, you know, for your, for your time. But, you know. So you stuck with it. I stuck with it. They actually gave me $700 because I performed well in the scene also. Like, you know, because that's the thing, too. At the end of the day, I'm always going to be professional. Even if it's not something I'm comfortable with, even if it's not what I thought it was going to be, at the end of the day, I was not going to be an asshole about it. I'm here. This is a business. Yes, I don't agree with all their business practices, but it's a business. This is content. This is their product. They're paying me for a product. I'm going to give them a good product. So I just, like, bit my lip in a way for the pain, just separated the pain completely reacted, I cried, makeup, like, I had a great reaction, the clip was very popular, they asked me to come back multiple times, and I just turned it down, but they did, like I said, they gave me extra money, because we really appreciate you, like, performing so well, like, That's not, great. like, not a lot of girls can take this, we understand it's very hard work, that's why we have to kind of ease people into it, because if we told them what it was, no one would come here, mm-hmm. but, like, now that you came, aren't you glad you did it, and I was like, well, yeah, I mean, I'm really glad I have this money, but now that I know what it is, I'm not going to willing to yeah, do it again, and they know that. You know, so that was one situation where I felt a little bit uncomfortable because, and there's I mean, there's plenty of models that love spanking that I'm sure would be like, $600 get spanked, oh, sign me up! And that's great for them. I would never want to stop that, but it was it's not for me. It's not a fetish that I feel comfortable doing on that level on camera. Playful spanking, so fun. But like, that's not the thing I'm normally submissive for. And if I am, it's in a very private sexual thing well, also, with someone that I would have to really trust. Like, I don't do that kind of stuff with anybody right also now. Also, the idea of bait and switch is, is... That's what I didn't like. I didn't like that they yeah. presented it. Like, the site... I don't want to say the site's name because I don't want to throw them under the bus. But no, of course. They had, um, like, one name for the site that was like, want to make money? It's a cute girl. Is that getting spanked? Come to our site. And they presented it like a very cute, fun site. And they had a few sample clips that were very tame. And they didn't go into the spanking. It was like the pre-clips of like the interactions and stuff. And like girls with the knee in pictures. There was mm. nothing showing the actual content. Mm. And they never showed me the site. I actually, it was me and Seth because um, I told Seth, like, I don't do spanking. But that's something that really sells in the store. Mm-hmm. I've been friends with Seth for so long. I told him, I'm like... For you and only you, I will do spanking clips because I know you know how to spank properly and you can do it without even, like, when he does it, like, it won't even actually really hurt me. But it sounds really brutal because he knows what he's doing. And I've known him as a friend for so long that I know he's not trying to exploit me. I know he's just trying to, like, run a business and do good work. So I want to perform well for him and I want to work for him and do that stuff. So that's, that's, that's what I agreed to do with him. And we had to go... He wanted it to be like exclusive. He wanted to sell it as like Lydia's first spanking shoot. And he's like, have you ever done one? I'm like, I did one spanking shoot. But I didn't use the name Lydia. I used some made up, I think he's named Claire or something. I just made up some stupid ass name. I'm like, make up that name. And it wasn't a site that like I've never done it again. So we had to go digging. And it was basically, we went to like every spanking site till I found the one that looked like I found the dude I recognized. And we went through to the clips to find the ones from like four or five years ago to finally find the clip. And the way it was advertised was literally like brutal spankings, like no mercy, like these girls get their punishment, they get what they asked for, da 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 da. Like, mm-hmm. and, and all the screen caps are like face shot, the girl's face is red, tears streaming down their face, just like, oh, like man. brutal. 
So, uh, so yeah, that's the only reason I actually found the clip to go watch it is so that Seth knew what was out there. So he knew how to advertise the clip to make sure he wasn't going to be saying this Lydia's for spankum. So he goes, oh, no, it isn't. I found this clip. It's totally her. Because <laughs> you won't even know it's me in the clip. It looks nothing like me. I looked so different at the time. My hair was different than it's almost ever been when I've done most modeling stuff. Mm-hmm. The way I was stressed, my reaction, my face, like, y- you would probably not even know it's me. Good luck finding the internet. You're probably never going to fucking find it. <laughs> I'm gonna me and Seth are both just really good detectives. I'm looking right now. We really are. It was, that took a while to find it. We found it. But, yeah, like, that's the kind of business practice I do not support because I feel like if you're going to shoot that kind of content, there are people that will shoot it. Take the effort to go find them and contact them and pay them their rates. Don't try and bait and switch young girls just to have, oh, a new face you've never seen. It's not worth it to do that to your business. It's more worth it to just find the people that really just love spanking that will do it or love whatever your content is rather than trying to trick people to do it. People with wrestling too. I get stuff all the time and they don't know I do this stuff. Just like, oh, you're a hot girl. Come do this fun cat fight thing. It's fun. I'm like... No, it's not. You're going to try and bait the girls against each other. You're going to try and make all this fucking shit and make us actually fight, fight, and actually hurt each other. You're bullshit. Go fuck yourself. And I'm not afraid to call someone out. Those games do not work on me. And that's one thing that I really want to, like, talk to other models and make them realize that they are the boss of these shoots because it's their body. And, like, mm-hmm. you're still working for a producer. You have to still perform for them. They're hiring you for a reason. You can't be a bad performer. You can't assert that kind of dominance in a shoot and perform badly. Yeah. So as a model, you have to be really good at your job to assert yourself and be your own manager and be safe. Mm-hmm. You know, so I challenge the models to be the best they can be, literally. Be the very best like no one ever was. But also, stand up for yourself. Don't let producers boss you around. Don't let them dictate what you can and can't do at your shoots. You set the boundary. Communicate beforehand. Like, make sure this is all communicated beforehand, of course. But if you get to a shoot and you said no spread shots and they're trying to sneak at an angle, be like, I'm sorry, is this a photo shoot or a gynecology exam? Can you get the fuck off the floor and stop photographing my pussy with my permission? Thank you. Yeah. Oh, and so when you scary. say that shit right in their eye, they will never fucking do it again. It's just they don't, no one puts them in their place. No one tells them no. No one explains them what the rules are. And you have these new dudes with cameras that are like, I can just make a site. And these girls will come over and wrestle in my apartment. I'm Chad. Da, da, da. Ah. And. Oh, is it this uh, goddess that? No, but here's the thing. Yeah, girls are just stupid. But these Chad dudes (laughs) will fucking, like, try and hire girls like me. And it's ridiculous because it, this game's not work, but it does work on girls that are not educated. And these manipulative things are like, yeah, you'll be a star on my site. And they get hurt. And then the sad thing is these girls could be potentially great models, but their first experiences are with these producers or GWCs that are not real producers, that are not real photographers, that manipulate them. And these girls are not stupid, but they're so, too naive to realize what the game is. And they're not yet confident enough to assert their dominance and like for example like, I like to scare people at shoots a little bit but scare them in a friendly way yeah. so they know not to fuck with me but they still respect me as a performer where they want to hire me again but like I've had I, like I've worked with photographers where I've had models complain like a photographer creeps me out like he tried to touch me I'm like he's never tried to touch me mm-hmm. wanna know why? Because I have a fucking attitude and when you get close to me like that I will make sure you fucking back off I will give you a death stare I will look at you like what are you doing? You know, like I'll recoil like that. So these girls will be all like shine. Okay. No, no, don't. That's what it encourage them. Stop it. That's a good. Like point. they're still gonna pay you. You can like, like. Ugh. That's the thing too. Like they're afraid. They don't want stuff for themselves. I know it can be scary sometimes. You don't have to fight with some dude over money. But like I said, like if you're afraid they're not gonna pay you, ask for a deposit. 
assert yourself. You're worth the time. You're worth the money. As long as you perform well, you're not going to bail. That's, and that's one of the things that I think I pride myself on as a, as a producer is the whole like, um, like okay, so I we were talking about earlier it's like okay I'm gonna shoot this from this angle because I'm gonna get your legs I'm gonna get your the back of your hair I'm gonna get your face I'm gonna get the eye roll I'm gonna do like it, I explain where I'm coming from and people understand why we're shooting the way yeah. we shoot but uh, but yeah that's interesting like, holy shit that's... it's changed like since I've started modeling I'm glad I got into it right before that surge hit because my first few experiences were with a lot of professionals mm. I didn't really run into a GWC until like year three into modeling and by then I already was very confident so when these guys, like when I would get to a shoot where it was clearly like some guy in his basement at his mom's house, you know, I would get through the shoot fine. And I, I would already know I'm never going to go shoot there again. But I could tell they would try and like look for some weakness or vulnerability to get creepy and I would give none. Yeah. I would be strong and confident, basically like unapproachable and intimidating. And I would be like so goddess-like and so like dominating that they wouldn't have the balls to try and approach me unless they literally want to like violently try and grab me and rape me. Good luck with that. I'm a loud screamer, you know? <laughs> and no one's ever done that. No one's ever taken that level. You know, I've never had to, I've never had an experience as a model. I'm very thankful. But that's not luck. I've done that because I've worked hard to establish myself and be confident and be assertive when I'm at a shoot and also be professional before the shoot and say like, here's what I will do. Here's what I won't do. Here's what I will do under these circumstances. Here's what I will do, like, especially with spread shots. Like, I will not, like, masturbate on camera. I'm not going to rub one out. I'm fine with erotic posing. I'm I'm so confident with my body from every fucking angle. But if you're going to be shooting my spread pussy, I got to know why. Yeah. I got to know, like, is this for an extreme close-up for an art gallery? Or are you trying to take close-ups of my fucking hole for your own fat folder? <laughs> and if you lie to me, I will know. Yep. Like, you can't. I will know. Too fucking smart for that shit. And more girls should be more aware of that. Like when you're at a guy's house, look around. Look at the stuff that's around there. Look for signs of, like for example, he's being all creepy and acting like no one lives there. Look for signs of a female presence. You know, mm. look for signs that's his mom's house or that's his girlfriend's house or his wife's house if he's trying to get creepy with oh, you in the basement at a shoot. Man. You know, look for things like that. Look for cameras in the bathroom. We look for that shit. No, you know? no, I've had Don't Jack- be naive. I've literally had Jacqueline come home from like a, a shoot and, and I'm like, so how'd it go? She's like, oh, you know, I went okay. But it was obvious that this guy lives by himself. There's no like female presence there. It's, 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 it's a, it's a. I have that intuition. It's uh, the the bachelor, the bachelor kind of thing. It's just like you know, this is a bachelor pad. There's no one. There's no women here, and so there, you have to be kind of extra on guard for that to happen. Uh, there was, but even then, like it flips sometimes. Uh, I tried to really be upfront with what I shoot, and we had um, what was it? It was uh, oh the girl you work with today. I, she wouldn't mind me telling this story. So uh, Saya, yeah, Saya Savage, fucking amazing. She's awesome. She was amazing. so cool. Amazing. And we did a shoot, and um, it was uh, the first. Actually, the first time we ever shot with her, uh, a friend of hers told her about our company and said, "Hey, I'm gonna go shoot with, with uh, you know, Sleeper Kid. And, like, you should come check it out and join in." And so she called me, sent me pictures of her, and said, "Hey, here's my friend Saya." And I was like, "Okay, sure, yeah, bring her over. We'll, we'll do like a thing with you and her, and I can give you like a. I would do like a thing where like if you brought a new girl in." And you work with her, then you get to work with her first, so that way it's more comfortable for her. And so, you know, she comes in, and the first time I see Saya, like, I have no idea where she's from. I thought she was Hispanic, almost. Yeah. She looked very Latino to me. Remember, I said something to her in Spanish, she's like, what? I'm like, ah, oh, shit. 
And I said, that. <laughs> I'm like, no, no. Uh, Testing so, the waters. Yeah. And she was like, no, I'm not Hispanic. I'm like, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so, uh, but she went downstairs and I said, well, what do you, are you okay with wearing a bikini? Are you okay with wearing one piece? She's like, oh, I'm okay with both of those. And so she puts on like, I said, just put on whatever you're okay with. So she put on like a one piece. Um, and then she shot with a friend who had been shooting with me for a year or two. And we did this video and it was a pretty, like it was an intense video where they were doing a lot of moves and like really intense locks and like no real pain, but it was supposed to kind of be like that. And so at the end, I remember I wrote the check and I gave it to her and she had this look on her face where she just was very unsure of what was, you know, like happening that day. And she left. And I was like, oh, okay, well, she, I, I had this weird feeling of like, I don't think she, she liked it, but I will text her and see how she feels. So I texted Saya again and I was like, hey, uh, do you want to come back for another shoot? And she was like, yeah, I'll come back. And so she came back, did really well. But then it turns out that um, her friend, and like I said, I'm not needing names here because yeah. her friend would kill me. But her friend didn't tell her at all what the shoot was going to be like. So when she actually, her first shoot, when she came here, her friend said, yeah, you know, we just, it's, it's, it's just posing. You're posing for like wrestling moves and that's it. And then suddenly she comes in and I'm putting her through this fucking ringer. You put her through the ringer, yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, now that we're friends, she tells me now, she's like, Santiago, like for about five seconds, mm -hmm. I was like, gonna just leave the shoot I was gonna just walk out because it felt like I don't know what I'm doing I'm gonna get mm -hmm. hurt but then she stuck around and she was like well you made me feel comfortable and you you taught me how to do things correctly and then she said when she was driving home she's driving home she's like that was actually kind of fun I'd like to do it again yeah well even though I was chatting with her today she was like I was, we were talking about like why we do stuff because I was apologizing like I'm sorry I'm really rusty I haven't been doing this in a, in a while you know it's my first mm -hmm. shoot like since like last year like, with doing the stuff on mats, like, everything we did at FECCOM was, like, room stuff. Yeah. And and she was being <clears throat> so cool about it. And, like, she seemed so genuinely into it. And that's what she was saying. Like, I just love doing this stuff. And it's so fun. And I'm like, yes, girl. And she went from not knowing that it even existed yeah. to being put in a situation where um, uh, she she thought that I was... I, she I don't think... I, I need to ask her more about it. Actually, we're going to do a podcast with her. Nice. But I want to ask her about it. But she was just... Literally, she was like, Santiago, I was going to leave. I was gonna leave because I had no idea. I, I and and most of it is not even. It's actually her friend's fault, and her friend is kind of a crazy girl. <laughs> she's in a good way. She's awesome. I love her to death. She's kind of a bad girl. She's yeah. She's like doing three crazy things. Yeah. She's saying crazy things. But her friend didn't even tell her, so she thought she was just showing up to do a very kind of um, you know kind of a glam shoot where you're putting a girl into a headlock and it's cute, and suddenly you're doing these real moves. But what was great about it is that she did drive home and say, I think I want to try that again. And I thought that was a nice testament to how it is, much totally fun is. we made it. But I think it also kind of adds a, a contrast to what you were just talking about, the, the male producers. Yeah. Where, you know, it's like bait and switch. In this case, I literally went through a bait and switch Situation. But you did bait and switch the model. I didn't did. know. I didn't know. Yeah, that I did. yeah, yeah. Yeah. She but was, that's why, like, never do it. Even when, like, just tell people what the content is. If they have concerns, everyone should always communicate, and you mm -hmm. can't blame on either end. Like, if you if what you show has integrity and someone's weird out by it, then ask why. What weird you out? I'll explain it to you. Yada yada. Like exactly. If it's not for them, it's not for them. It's, I think it's always mm -hmm. better. Like whenever I brought girls to shoots, I've never like sugarcoated what it was. I've been like, here's the shoot. You want to do it? Yep. Like yes or no. Like, I do it, just because I do it doesn't mean you have to do it, but as someone who does it, I can tell you, I like doing it, and it's fun, and it pays well, but you have a choice, because it's your body, blah, 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 all I'm doing is giving you a good reference and a recommendation. 
your choice. This is yeah, easier. That's way cost. better than being like, yeah, it's it's it's, fun. it's fine. It's 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 implied nude posing, and then like the girls getting naked and being uncomfortable. Then you're mm-hmm. ruining their first experience ever. Don't fucking do it. Mm-hmm. It's the worst. Mm-hmm. Bait and switches. So the next uh, question, and uh, well, this the last one of the fans, um, and actually, uh, yeah, uh, Sid Sage actually answered this one fantastically because the, the question was, is there any fetish that you won't do? For any personal reasons, and sins was great. She just goes, "Yeah, I won't shit on anything. <laughs> I just, I don't think I'll, I could ever shit on. Yeah, I could definitely never shit on anything. But ever. she was just like, but I can pee on things. She was like, yeah, I'll pee, I'll pee on, I'll piss on whatever. But like, I can't. She's like, I just don't want to have videos out there of me doing that and doing the do, doing the do. <laughs> and so. That's the question. It's like, well, obviously, if you want to steal sins' answer, you can. She'll be happy. I will poo. I mean. There's more than that. I definitely will not poo on you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, if, you know, the things that you won't do, like, you're like, yeah, this is on my not list. Like, everything, my, my not list is pretty much stops at, like, sexual interactions mm-hmm. and fluid exchanges and things that I consider, like, to me, it's, it's the hardcore, softcore boundary. And, and everyone's different. And wait, in your private or professional? Life? Oh, in private? Yeah, I, I won't shit on people. Everything else is fine. <laughs> oh no, no, I didn't. I didn't mean private. I mean, oh, yeah. I meant like yeah, professional. Like, yeah, and I professional is a lot. I won't do. Yeah, the personal one. That's pretty much it. Yeah, I won't poo on you. But everything else is pretty much on the table if you fucking play your cards right. <laughs> sex, sex is awesome, and everything weird is awesome. I love going down the rabbit hole of crazy. But yeah, no, I would never do anything with shit. That's fucking disgusting. That's <laughs> the, this, those Unless they clean it up for you. Shit and puke. There's like so Whoa. much puke fetish stuff oh, and really? boogers. Yeah, Ew. I saw this Japanese puke fetish video where they were puking back and forth in each other's mouths through Ew. a tube. And then they were like also puking into each other's nose holes and letting it like run into oh, like... Oh God, stop it. Like food or something. <laughs> like, it was like hardcore sinus puke I've filling. heard enough. I'm going to puke. Japanese porn's pretty I'm, intense. I'm, I'm going to puke into your mouth and then you're going to puke uh, into my nose. Hi, uh, arigato. Oh, mushy, mushy. That's pretty much exactly what the clip was. They're like... That was the clip. Lady beard. Yeah, so I so and I definitely beard. will not do. <laughs> so I will not do any of that in personal or private. No. Um, like I said, there is. I don't do. I'm I'm a I'm a fetish performer. I am an alternative performer. I will not. I'll, I'll do more with women than with men. Like I'm fine doing some girl girl stuff. That's like mm. teasy stuff. But, like, I will not eat a girl out on camera. I will not fuck on camera. I even I'm questionable about some of my nudity on camera because I don't want, like, up-close crotch shots for unflattering reasons, mm-hmm. you know? I want my goddess temple to be presented, like, ah, angels <laughs> flying, angels and bats flying out of my pussy. <laughs> like, well, now you just revealed your secret. The angels and bats flying out of my pussy. No, it's yes. just, this is in my head. It's not real life. I mean, we know. What? We know don't special- ruin the fantasy for <laughs> We, we have an effects guy we can wear you know. Totally. I'm sure that's happened. I've seen that. That's another thing I'm saying on Japanese things. I've seen, like, this girl spreads her legs. Someone, I love I love on Facebook when people post things on my wall that are so fucking saying, like, thought of you. I'm like, I love that when people think of me. It's always the most, like, it's like a Japanese movie clip where a schoolgirl spreads her legs and it's like a vortex. And, like, the boy's making fun of her. Gets sucked into the vortex. She's like, he's like, ah, no. She's like, mwah, ah, ah, ah. Nope. And I'm like, and she calls her like all cute, and I'm like, yeah, that's you. It's 
me. It's you. Oh, like it's that you. one we were talking about earlier, the, the Japanese uh, show where these girls go to like butt school and it's like, we are the butt <laughs> warriors. And they like, train their butts to like so bounce saw, butts against each other. I and, saw like, a video of some guy trying to emulate like all the butt workout videos and he's just like, just like scrawny and grotesque and just not sexy. And he's just like, uh, uh. Was his name Chad? He's like doing all the fucking butt things in the anime and like they show a clip of the anime and then show Oh, every posted that. And he's like the, the balloons oh, on his... Oh, was it you? Yeah. God damn it. Everything I, that I see I is told cool. you. I told you. It's because... He, he had the balloons on his chest and he's like, uh, uh, uh. Yeah. And he has like the fucking like the, the waifu pillow and stuff. Yeah. Because yeah. the kind of show is like a real show. Yeah. And it's like the battle bus and they take like super serious like battle but school <laughs> that's great there's another one in, uh, that's like you. a it's like a food porn I'll show you this clip it's a it's like that same school thing but it's a school for like the ultimate cooking but what the food does is like when the food's really good you have like an orgasmic experience your clothes go flying off <laughs> so <laughs> naturally yeah so naturally so they, they have this challenge where this I mean it happens in. every time why do you think I like to cook so much so like there was this like scene where she's this, the, the evil woman's like I'm gonna sabotage your restaurant and so I'm gonna remove so like she sabotaged like their meat so they had no meat and then of course it's a meat based thing then she was like okay for your for your review like it was like the food especially she's like you must cook me the best meat dish but oh look you have no meat what are you gonna do and all he had, like, on him was, like, some bacon he had picked up at the store earlier and, like, a bunch of potatoes and da 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 You're going to have to grow your own meat. And he was, like, you know he mean. went, like, so he's, like, oh, I will, like, make the best dish ever. And he did this whole Japanese montage and made this beautiful, like, um, thing. And she's, like, she's, like, what? What is this? And, like. Adagashimasu? Yeah. And, like, he, he explains later. So, basically, she's, like, what is this? It smells so good. We had no meat. He's, like, just take a bite. And so she's, like, so take a bite. Like, it's going to her mouth. Lips are quivering. Bite. She's, like. <gasps> her clothes go flying off and she's like oh, the meat just melts in your mouth and oh, it's coursing through my veins she's like just like writhing around it's like this whole like like animated like sparkle montage and oh then, I've seen this and then the guys I've seen this all the guys take a bite and they're like oh I've seen this and they're all like Joe sitting there it. do you remember yeah that? Because and then, like, they're all they're laying eating, there, like, twitching, twitching, twitching. They're eating a steak. Yeah. And so yeah. Joe, Joe posted it about, like, eating It's a whole show. A there's more, that like, was, like, the first was, scene. This is fucking crazy. Yeah. But there's more than that. There's, like, a whole... It's a whole show. Like, and it's really intense. And, like, every food battle is really intense. Well, I, God bless you, Japan. I'm very I love Japanese anime. I love Japanese music. I just I just love Japan. Japanese wrestling. I'll live there for a while, but I actually like it here. I'm, I'm cool here. <laughs> I, went, I visited Japan, and that was a great experience. But, like, the cultural adjustment would be so intense. And until I had the time to learn the language, I would not. That, that's a later in life venture. I'm, I'm cool here for now. That was me when I was a kid, and I was like, everything in Japanese is better than everything American. Boo, I'm going to run away to Japan and live in anime land. Wee. Oh, so Everybody has that, their weeaboo phase. Yeah. We are weeabooicious. <laughs> this, this is why we visit. But yeah, that was, that was me tangenting from what I, what I will not do fetish-wise. But yeah, pretty much, I, I will not do any of those weird Japanese fetishes on camera <laughs> or in personal life, even though I love Japan. And I don't do porn stuff on camera. You can search the internet. You're never going to find any video of me getting fucked. Have fun. Sorry, Kim K. Be smarter about that shit. <laughs> Sip swine. <laughs> All right, so there might be one or two last questions, then we can wrap it up because this cool. is uh, fuck, man. I want to actually talk longest about podcast this. ever. I'm no, fine with that. I don't give a fuck. No. Uh, We're interesting yeah. people. Maybe okay, uh, let's see. The most interesting people in the world. 
Oh, all right. Uh, what is there any rest Lay them on me. What the funniest? I don't reasons. always do podcasts, but when I do, I can do quick answers too to try and cover more questions. I don't have to. I should get a tangent about other stories. Oh no, no, not a big deal. It's just um, never. Just an answer with yes or no. No. Like, yeah. Mm, yeah. Some of these like. Uh, aside from everyone in the room, obviously, who are your favorite people to work with? I love that you had to follow it up with aside well, from clearly the you because guys. Because you know she's going to be like... Pretty much the, this whole... Well, yeah, I mean, the butter is ready. No. The butter is ready and she's it's, just slapping it on. It's, the, it's like the pretty much the FETCON squad. You guys, Gary, Seth, Jason... Like, that's pretty much the squad right there. Mm-hmm. I love working with Callie when I can get up there. I, even, I have worked, even though I haven't worked with Carrie directly yet, I want to work with her. I love working with Eve and Willie. Like, Aww. I love them. They have worked with them forever. Like, yeah. everyone that I love working with. They're my people. Exactly. It's it's the people. They're my favorite producers because they're mm-hmm. the ones I've known and they're like family and they treat me with love and respect. You know, like, it doesn't feel like work when I work with them. As it should be. Yeah. That, that's yeah, that's a perfect answer. But we're number one, right? You guys are totally number one. Because <laughs> <laughs> we fucking party. Like I love, I love Seth too. Seth's like one of my best friends. He's like my pseudo uncle. I swear. Like whenever I have like a life issue, I call Seth and I'm like, Seth, oh my god, like I'm having this thing. Like I'm fighting with this dude. I don't know what to say. And he'll give me like the best, like, like not like dad advice, like cool uncle advice. Yeah. You know, like yeah. real world advice. Very honest and blunt. Like, he never sugarcoats anything, and I need that. Mm-hmm. You know? I can't take the bullshit. He will tell it like it is. Mm-hmm. He will tell me the harsh truths that I don't want to hear. And that's a great friend to have. And I value that in him as a friend. And his shoots are so fun and goofy. I, I don't even yet, mind. I have like, yet to work with him. I'm he's so fun. He's so fun. Right, the ENS it's going to happen next year. It's going to happen at some point. You've got to at some point. He's so cool. Like, I know his work's become more explicit lately. Like, that's why I told him, like, I don't do, like, a lot of masturbating stuff. Mm. But, like, he lets me use a, a, a vibrator that it's very low vibrating. So it doesn't, like, Over shock panties. me. Oh no, I do it. I do it full nude, but that's. I told him like I will only do it for his site because I can control where it's placed in a way that I'm not gonna like actually make myself feel weird, you know. And um, so you're doing it in the sense of like you're not actually getting. I did to like that we, point. yeah, we did like he's like he did more erotic content. I did like it like a, a POV like oh you you caught me. Well, I was just getting ready for bed. I guess you can watch. So it's just me doing whatever. I think I've had this fantasy. Yeah. 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 So it's the same thing where I told him, like, okay, Seth, like, I'll expand my boundaries for you because I trust you. I know you're not trying to creep on me. It's just that he needs to sell content. You can only sell so much really tame content with his specific, the ENF fetish. Like, it sells to that group, mm-hmm. but, like, he's got to expand. And, like, I know other niches are harder to break into, and those ones are, they sell really well for him. And he's my friend. If those sell well for him and I can find a way to be comfortable with it within boundaries that me and him can work with, he's been great working with me about, like, my weird little, like, this is okay, but this isn't, and it makes no sense but all right mm-hmm. and he's giving me no qualms about it he's been patient with me as I try to adjust some of the new stuff and I'm like okay Seth I'll do that but like can we do it with like the girl doing it because like it, it was so funny it was the sweetest thing ever was I agreed to doing a shoot because I don't work with any guys on camera where like he'd be the creeper like groping me and I'm not tied up and no and like I told him like Seth like I don't see you that way we're just performing on camera like if that's what if that's what the custom is for and they want the creepy old dude groping me I don't mind for the creepy old dude groping me. It's fine. I'd rather be you than anybody else. Well, I hope he's okay with being a no, creepy he old was. dude. But no, but the, the, that was the whole thing. It was like they wanted that whole character. <laughs> mm-hmm. And 
Mm. He, no, he's not. Steph's not creepy at all, in my opinion. He's awesome. I'm just he mean, really like, isn't. He's not creepy. But I've, I'm saying, like, I've met him a bunch of times. But, I haven't oh, worked with him. Cute. But when, when fans are watching, <laughs> like, like, I've hung out with him. But he, I'm saying, no, he's like, he's playing the character of the yeah. creepy, like, oh, I've kidnapped you and you're mine. And <laughs> it was, we did like a gynecology exam gone bad type yeah. thing. So he had to play a creepy doctor. But he had to he had to stop the clip because he was like I can't do this. You're like you're like a daughter to me. Like this is fucking weird. And I'm like Seth, it's fine. Like it's not weird. You can grab my tit. Like you can like cut my crotch. Like you're not touching me. Like it's fine. We're acting. I don't care. Like I'm fine with it. And he's like I I, I can't do it. And we had to reshoot that clip with uh, a girl doing it. So like and I was fine with that too. But like was it was she so a cute. Old dude no, she was, it was so funny because she was younger and like really sweet. Oh, but no. she was having so much fun with it no, it was fun it, the shoot worked out but it was it was so endearing that I was willing to push my boundaries for him but we're so close as family he couldn't really get through the clip without feeling like he was actually violating me even though I was telling him it was fun and we were just acting it mm-hmm. was like it was too close to home mm. and it was it was so sweet and genuine even though I felt really bad I'm like no I want to deliver a good clip for you like I can perform well like it's fine it was really sweet that, like, we have a bond that, like, because we didn't talk for a while. We had some, like, mutual friend issues where it was kind of like, choose me or this person. And I was doing so much else that I was like, I don't, whatever. And I just stay out of the drama. But after that subsided and we had started yeah. talking again and working together again, it's been awesome. Like, every time I go to his place in Florida, I'm going there after here. I'm so excited to see him. Okay. I'm so excited to shoot the shit, hang out, like, get dinner. Like, the same stuff that we do here, mm-hmm. I do down there. We shoot all day. We go get dinner. We end up talking until like fucking three or four in the morning. Sounds like, like us. I love exactly like every time I So the only difference is, is instead <laughs> of like a, like a, like a party house, Seth is more like because because there's two sides of me. There's the extrovert and the introvert, and like here I get to the extrovert side. At Seth, it's introvert. It's just me and him and the dog and maybe like one other model, and that's it. It's quiet. <laughs> What is that like? If we feel like being social, we might go out and have like a party thing. Like if if Jason's in town, we'll go out and have like like a social thing. We like to be social, but like my best times with Seth are just like chilling at the house, just me and him, just like powwowing. Jason's still in Australia. I know. No, but last time I was there, Jason was around. Seth and the dog. And I'm fine with that. And there's there's probably just a few miles that are around to the. That's the best shit, though. That's the best. Like we we um whenever we hang out with friends, (laughs) what the fuck. Jackie's doing witchcraft. Yeah, I'm sorry. Whenever we hang out with friends, I like, just blew the microphone. It doesn't feel like work. It really doesn't. Well, actually, Great. this is actually a kind of a, a, a version of it. It's just the three of us having some wine and just talking. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but we have... Some we, wine. Santi. Some wine. Some wine. Santi. No, we split a bottle. But yeah, so we, we've had yeah. nights where, like, we've had nights where it's like, you know, four or five of us sitting around the table and we just, just talk. And there's no real music playing. It's just we, we drink a little bit. And just talk all night, and those are my favorite nights because you just get to really it's so special connect mm-hmm. with somebody, uh, yeah, and it feels fantastic. Um, so I think with that in mind, I'm trying to see if there's anything else that question. Yeah. that was really good. Um, well, ladies and gents, um, if you don't know Kayla now, you know her. But uh, there's so uh, many more layers. Is there, yeah, there's a lot more. So we're gonna have to do a sequel to this. Yeah, yeah. There's, the, the origin story has so many other parts. I have so many other stories. Like but for now, um, there's that one time I went to the Galapagos. There's that one time I went to Japan. <laughs> there's like all the weird fetish stories and party stories and New York stories I have, and like these insane things you wouldn't fucking believe. Yeah, well, I, love, you, I love sharing it too. Is there really anything do. you wanna you wanna plug like for the fans out there? Like, is there? Um, I would definitely. I always plug my designs because yes. that is my baby. 
Um, please check out Vengeance Designs and all the stuff that I make. And Etsy if you, store? Yeah, I have an Etsy store and a website. And I just made a second Instagram aside from the, the Lydia Vengeance Instagram, which is because like, I'm here as Kayla talking as Kayla. And Kayla yeah. is my real name. That, that's not a fake name. Kayla Lael is my real first and middle name. My last name is, I don't use it. I don't <laughs> count it. It doesn't really exist. So Leo might as well be oh, my I last name. I didn't know you were from the I don't use it family. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm from the I don't use it, I can't use it type family. <laughs> and my middle name is my real name. And <laughs> so like I said, I'm more of my last name. Yeah, Kayla Leal is my real name. But mm-hmm. I only have that on Facebook. And I will only have people I know in real life because I need it for like that purpose. Mm-hmm. But on social media, if you want to follow me, and please do. Because as Santi said, it's very entertaining apparently. I didn't know this. Oh, it's very much so. But oh, ten, but, but ten thousand people think it is. So hey, I would love to keep entertaining you. Ten thousand so, people can't be wrong, right? Oh, yeah. So uh, my main Instagram is Lydia Vengeance. That's where you get everything. Um, if you want to follow just the design work, that's Vengeance Designs, and then you also have VengeanceDesigns.net, Etsy.com, Vengeance Design Store. Um, everything is custom, handmade by me, myself, and I. And um, it's good to support handmade local businesses. That's what I am. I am literally a solo project, and that is what fuels all of this. Mm-hmm. So, like, I pay for everything myself. I'm not supported by anyone. I pay my own rent in my own apartment with my own car and my own shit. So, She's a hustler, baby. if you want to support a boss ass bitch who makes awesome stuff by hand and makes it with love and care, and will make you super happy by making you the most awesome cat suit or regular suit or bikini you have ever owned. I will do that for you because it's what I do. So do- I can attest all this. It's true. I've made Jackie some really awesome stuff, and I'm probably gonna make her a new cat suit too coming up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So so let let me make you things. Let me weave you fantasies with my magical fingers. Um, you can email me at vengeancecustoms at gmail dot com, and I can take literally any custom order. It says phrasing doesn't matter. It counts, it counts on that too. I mean, like I get like when I say like I take customs. Most of the customs I get are for designs. But I, I, I'll get random um, fetish customs, too. And, of course, I'm more than willing to do those if I have the means to and I'm around people that can shoot them. But, um, yeah, I do all the things. Go check out Benjamin Designs. Check out – I didn't. I took away the music stuff, but it's whatever. It's just cover band stuff. But I still really love it. So if you want to see me singing and stuff and being a rock star, you can check out my two bands, <laughs> Whiskey Fueled and oh. the Selma Blair Witch Project. Oh, oh, oh. Whiskey Fueled is like party rock, top 40, like a bunch of punk ass dudes plus me on stage just tearing shit up. That's yep. Whiskey Fueled. Yep. And some of Blair Witch Project is kind of like uh, me bringing the 90s grunge Riot Girl bands thing back to life. We do a lot of 90s covers. Um, you know, I technically wear nothing but crop tops and tight jeans and flannels to every show. <laughs> oh, I've seen your pictures and, on there. And grown emotionally into a microphone while thrashing around a lot. Ironic, uh, not ironically, but like uh, interestingly enough, like that was I, I had a huge crush on Summer Blair. I still do. I think she's beautiful. That's how that's something our base came up with the name. So how did that? Yeah, we argued about well, Whiskey Field already had that name. They they brought me in recently. They've been around for over ten years. Mm. They brought me in as as their female. They have a male vocalist, and they brought me in. So we're both the two vocalists now, and it's a cool dynamic. Um, but some of their rich project, we all started together and got together through like a Craigslist ad literally that worked out really well. And we knew we wanted to do nineties covers and bring that back. And we were trying to think of like funny names. Like I remember I made a post about it. I really liked the one back like Terminator. That was a good one. I liked, um, <laughs> but, uh, our basis, like literally our first practice, we were just like, what's your name be? And he was like, I thought of the Selma Blair witch project. Cause like Selma Blair was big in the nineties. 
the Blair Witch Project was a big movie. It's kind of a combination of the two. And we're like, that name is too long. No, no one's going to get it. Da, da, da. And then for like six months while we were practicing and learning like the 40 fucking songs we play every time we play, which is a lot of music to learn. That's it really lot. is. That's a it lot. Took, we, we worked hard. I'm very proud of that. Um, but uh, we ended up like kept coming up with all these names and no one could agree. And we finally circled back to like, what about Summer Blair Witch Project? You know what? It has a ring to it. It's unique and funny. And you know what? Like, if people are going to get it, they're going to really get it. If they mm-hmm. don't, oh well. You can't please everybody. Yeah. And it's funny because some people will, like, um, because the band name is long, when we play out, people will put on the flyer, like, like uh, playing out, like, like the, the date, and then Selma Blair. And people, like, like older people that miss that phase, are like, are you Selma Blair? And I'm like, oh my God. <sighs> I'm like, do you even know who she is? Like, no, I thought it was your name. I'm like, uh, okay, I can't get mad, you know. But like, so it's like you either get it, you know. People are like, "Oh, that name is so funny, you guys are hilarious." Or they're like, "We don't get it." But your music is great, though. But we don't get it. Oh, so coming up next, Stephen Dorf on golf. You yeah, know, pretty much. Yeah. They don't get it. But no, I like having the two bands. I like, like doing cover band stuff. Definitely gets exhausting, but you play out way more. It's really hard to do original music these days and get people to give a shit about it. It's yeah. a process, and music yeah. is so personal so, for me. And I had so much bullying younger with it that I'm playing the long game when it comes to putting out original music. I've written a lot of music. I keep it very personal. I don't really want to share it yet. I will one day. But I'm happier getting the the experience points, kind of. And I like expressing myself through other people's songs, in a way. I like taking a cover and making my own. I like hearing a song going, wow, I really feel that. I really feel, like, that emotion. Whether that's, whether that's, that's what's great about art. It's like, whether that's what they're trying to make you feel or not, that's how you interpret it. So taking what they put out there into my own heart, twisting it around a bit and putting it back out there through my own feelings, my own filter is also something that I really love. Mm-hmm. I don't see it like, I'm not trying to, it's not a copycat thing. It's like, I'm, no, it's like, it's like every cover is a tribute to that artist. It's a tribute to what they felt when they made that song. And I'm trying to, I'm not trying to, I'm not out there singing their song. I'm trying to capture their essence in every song. Like Shirley Manson is one of my favorite artists and we cover Why Do You Love Me? And that is, that song resonates so deep in me and things that I feel every relationship I've ever fucking been in mm-hmm. and even on my most tired days when I'm kind of singing and kind of sw- swaying around just being very chill for there's maybe like 30 people in the bar just chilling and we're just kind of doing the vibe we start playing that song Mike comes off the mic stand curl around my, my wrist and I just go in with the passion for that one because <laughs> I feel that song so hard and that's what I love about doing covers when you really get to cover stuff that you like. I mean, of course, you all got to cover your basic fucking journey and Bon Jovi and whatever to make the masses happy. And I can still find fun in that, too, because I like making people happy. And if I'm going to sing a song that fucking 500 drunk people are going to be like, don't stop drunkenly and I, and I will hand them my microphone and they will drunkenly shout off key to my microphone with the biggest smile on their face. I don't care because I made them happy, you know. That's so, what covers are all about. That's what covers are all about. So I love doing cover bands. So people shit on cover bands all the time when they're in real bands. Like, a cover yeah. band? I'm like, I'm sorry. Are you yeah. mad? Because I'm playing, like, four or five shows a month, and I'm getting paid, and I get to be a rock star, and I still can make original music. I can still play out and do that, but I'm not going to be princess about it because I'm a hustler. I need to make money, and this makes money, and I still enjoy it. I really enjoy it. Like, every fucking show, I feel like an actual rock star, even, like, whether there's... Five people are 500, and that's one of the best compliments I ever got mm. from multiple people at shows, because when you be your band, it happens. And I've played shows where literally we have, like, at Jenks, we played there during the peak, and that's not on the Jersey Shore, and it was, like, 
wall-to-wall packed, out-to-the-pier packed. Like, our music is protecting to everybody. Okay, and I've paid, played shows where it's like literally 10 people in the audience and they're your friends. And I perform the same way whether it's A or B. Whether it's fucking 1,000 or 10, I give it the same passion. And when we've had those small shows, every single time we've done something like that, at least one person's come up to me and been like, hey, you, you have great energy. I really appreciate you like putting on a show, even though there's just a few of us here. Like, yeah. You were rocking out. And like, we felt like we were on a rock show. Like, Thank you for doing that for us. Like, We know how exhausting it is when you don't have the crowd. Because it really is. When the crowd's not feeding you, it is so hard to get up there and give that energy when they're not giving it back. Mm-hmm. But to make those few people feel really special, then I'll jump right off the stage. I'll put the microphone right in their face. If they want to sing, I'll bring it right up with me. We'll sing together. Like, I'll make it an experience. I want it to be memorable. Yeah. And those, I remember we went to uh, a show recently. I think it was, no, it was a podcast or something. Um, it was Henry Rollins being interviewed by somebody. Oh, I love Henry. And he said something along the lines of like, well, he went up on stage when he was in, he just got contracted to be in Black Flag. And he had been uh, doing some shows where everyone showed up. It was fucking massive. And then he did one show where there was like maybe three people in the crowd, four guys at the bar. And he goes up there and he's doing the show but he's doing it like at a very lower energy level. And at that point, the guitar player walks up to him and just fucking smacks mm-hmm. him in the back of the head. Like literally just fucking hits him. Full full blast. And yeah, it's Henry Rollins. He's like, what, 20? Yeah. And he fucking takes his hit and he's like, what the fuck? And the guy's like holding the guitar. He's like, you play. Like you play, like, you, every time you play, you play like you're playing to a fucking arena. Yeah. Don't ever. You know? Even if you're literally playing to one person looking at you, yeah, this is that not, one person yeah. is an arena full of screaming fans. And he's like, this is not how we do this. Like the, Every time you play, I don't care if there's one person on the crowd, you play like you're playing to a million. Because you don't know that one person could be a, your future manager. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that extends to all kinds of different uh, you know, professions, including fetish work. Well, it's a, it's a reflection on yourself. Yeah. It always like, is. I'll shoot a video and I'll, I seriously, I'll put it up and like maybe one or two people will buy it because it'll be very specialized custom. Yeah. But that one guy will email you and say, hey, look, I know that, that this probably didn't sell well for you because it wasn't popular, but I really fucking enjoyed it and, and, and I hope you do more like it. And then you go like, okay, it was worth it. That makes it all worth somebody it. Somebody out there understood what you were trying to do. Even though someone, you know, whatever you were trying to shape it up to, it, someone understood it and they they, they really, really liked that it. That feedback makes the world go round. Dude. Like, I live for the days that I get, like, because I'll work so hard to make these dresses and I'll send it out and I'll sit there like, I hope they like it. I hope they like it. I really, really, mm-hmm. really hope they like it. And then I'll get this long, beautiful email or sometimes it's this <clears> one, <throat> this one couple, I love them. They're so sweet. Um, they get so excited about these custom outfits. They love ordering all this cool stuff. They, they fangirl so, 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 so hard. And um, the girl, every time I make the new outfit, she'll send me a thank you note, like an actual handwritten note. And it's so cute that I'll open this little letter in the mail on this cute little Betty Page stationery. She's like, thank you so much for the beautiful designs, Kayla. Like, we love what you do so much. Like, every detail is so perfect. Like, thank you for taking the time to make us these beautiful things. And it's this beautiful note. I'm sitting there like... I would say tearing up gracefully, but really I'm like, bah! it's so beautiful. I was ugly crying. Because it feels so good to get that validation, that yeah. stuff that you really love doing, that you're passionate about, means something to someone. Even if it means something to that one person out there that noticed it, it's worth it to put that passion and energy into the product. 
And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, um, someone who puts passion into everything that she does. Uh, Kayla, I can't wait to do part two of this for you because we got we, had a, we have a lot more to talk about. But, the deep um, origins. Exactly, the deep origins. We, we're going to go deeper. We're going to go deeper. We're going to go so deep. So deep. Put your ass to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, but yeah, we have another shoot with you, another shoot date with you tomorrow as well. Yeah, yeah. And then we're gonna get you back in for our New Year's party. They're gonna kidnap me. Yeah, it's happening. I don't yes. give a shit. It's just because you, it, it's all because you guys want me here. It's dead Steve Irwin being drunk, riding around going, Crocky! And everything. You know, you did call it last year. I so did call it, it has, last year. It has to be It has a thing. to happen. Yeah. And I kind of want to wear dungaroos. Oh, God. Are you and I doing the same outfit? What? Fuck you. Are we? No. What are you doing? Yeah, because you were saying you should do dead Steve Irwin. No, I didn't. That was your first idea. And I was like, no, that's Kayla's. And now that she's coming, you can't do that. If Dizzy. Wait. No. I just now found out she's coming. You have to do your other idea. That was last year. Remember last year, the last part, we were coming up with the idea? At and fuck? the dead celebrities? Yep. We actually came up with the idea, and I was like, I During really need to do this. Fa. Yeah, and I was mentioning that. I'm like, I want to do this idea just so I can do Dead Steve Irwin. And yep. we were trying to fine-tune yep. the, the theme so it could uh, be shit. either dead yep. celebrities or dead people from movies or people that are actually dead in real life. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm going to jump Steve I mean, I could find other ones to me. No, no, I no, guess, no. Santi. No. Can we both be Steve Irwin? Yeah, we, that's what I'm saying. It's okay. There's going to be a couple of people coming in. I mean, it sounds things. awful, but like, since, here, this is awful. I'm pretty sure Since we be... had the idea, a lot of people died. I'll probably just go as Prince. No. I mean, that's the thing. I'm pretty Do sure. It. I'm pretty sure there's going to be at least like 10 Do David it. Bowies and like I already did an act of pussy control, and... but I can't show it because it's a, it was a Hillary Clinton like in Oval Office thing because I don't talk about politics, but yeah. I'm really sad that I made this amazing burlesque performance over like Hillary Clinton dobbing Bill Clinton in novice. <laughs> and I do it to Prince's Pussy Control. Nice. Like, perfectly on cue, too. Oh, mm. I love that song. All right, we'll figure so, that out. We'll figure that out. Because, like, uh, I don't mind showing up as the same version or same person as you do with different versions of Phoebe. Literally, it's, it's only because I had the idea last year. She did. And it's, that's only because I wanted to do it. But do I don't it. I yeah. don't get any part of the costume. And, like I said, other people died this year since I had the idea. Do it, do it. So do now it. I'm rethinking it because there's so many other dead. I can just go as Harambe with <laughs> my Who? dick out. Harambe's <laughs> that dead gorilla that everyone's obsessing over that they wrote in. Do you realize that 7,000 people got out of bed, put on pants, went to the polls, and wrote in a dead gorilla at the fucking election? I saw that. That's all I'm going to say I about politics. That. Is this an episode of Black Mirror? No, this no, is America. It really happened. There was a great... And movie. on that fucking note, no. there drinks an entire <laughs> bottle of wine. Oh. <laughs> there was a media. I saw that. Oh, man. <laughs> So we love you guys. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. This thank is, you. This has been a, an amazing uh, podcast. Heavy streaming consciousness. Really good stories. I like and, it heavy. Uh, I can't wait to see you guys next time. And uh, in the meantime, say goodbye. Okay, bye. Woo! Bye.